podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that. She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I'm sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, then, Daryl. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I love a shit, Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a hand out. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. J-Bump, you know what I'm saying? Welcome, everybody, to the 550th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse. With me today, Steve Wellings, Andy Patterson, and Donnie Baseball. Uh, What a heck of a night it was last night, and you can hear all about it on Spotify, iTunes, part of the Sports Social Network. Catch us live on YouTube Uh, every Sunday. Here we are. Uh, which would be uh, three o'clock Eastern and uh, what is seven o'clock UK or eight, some eight o'clock UK, 10 o'clock uh, Addis Ababa. There, there you go. And, and, uh, and at certain degrees Celsius and some Fahrenheit, uh, it differs where you might be. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, caught everyone caught a little bit off guard last night by the fact that, uh, Demetrius Andrade was just never able to really keep, uh, David Benavides off him after the first uh, three rounds, probably uh, just coming to a uh, corner, pulling the plug between round six and seven uh, and uh, Benavides uh, just showing what a beast that he is. Um, Donnie, you and I were talking prior to the fight and uh, you had seen Andrade from uh, all the way back in his amateur days. Yes, you are that old. Um, and uh, you thought that he had a good chance, but unfortunately, those 35 years uh, just uh, didn't give him the legs to be able to do what he needed to do against uh, the younger, stronger Benavides. Well, I'll give him credit for this. I mean, he fought back gamely. Like, I mean, he that was a guy in the ring who wanted to win. He was a guy who, you know, had been really, you know, kind of uh, – 
um, you know, stopped at every, every juncture of his career. Uh, you know, he made a lot of terrible management business decisions. Uh, you know, as Floyd would say, he didn't make smart investments. Let's put it that way. Uh, I mean, he, you know, um, he signed with Jay-Z. <laughs> Neither uh, did Eddie Hearn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, his whole career is like, it's been a, an exercise in like, how do you not manage a fighter? And you would, if you were writing a textbook, you would, you would write the textbook for Demetrius Andrade, a wonderful Olympic uh, prospect. Uh, I mean, great fighter, but just like, you know, it just never seemed to come together for him. Uh, and he, and he fought like a man who wanted to finally see things come together for him. He, he really wanted it, but Benavidez is just younger. He was stronger. And most of all, he was bigger and, and he, and he just bullied him around the ring. Uh, you know, I don't know about the punch stats. I didn't actually look them up, but I would bet you that the punch stats were like pretty close to equal, but it was just Benavides's shots were just so much more damaging and they just hurt him so much. Um, and, uh, and it was telling just by the, by his reactions, by the way that he walked back to the corner after, you know, he got hurt and everything. Um, you know, it was clear like who the, who the superior man in the ring was. And so, um, you know, all credit to Benavidez. I mean, I don't think he's a particularly skilled fighter, but at that weight, he's just, he's so dominant because he can, he's still young. He can still make that weight. And when you put him in there against a, you know, a, a fighter who's 35 years old, you know, the results, uh, you know, speak for themselves. Um, but, How old is um, Canelo, Donnie? Well, he's about 35 as well, but I, I feel like, you know, he has a little less miles on the clock. Let's put it that way. Um, but uh, you know, look, I want. Do I want to see the Benavides Canelo fight? Absolutely. But I think Canelo wins that fight every day of the week. You might be right. Um, as to your uh, position that you thought that that uh, the punch stats were pretty even, uh, you're incorrect. It, it started out pretty interesting through the first three rounds. Uh, Andrade had landed for uh, twenty four out of uh, 75 punches compared to Benavidez only landing uh, looks like uh, 11 out of like 83, I believe that would be. And then after that, uh, Benavidez just lit him up 17 punches in round four, 35 or 38 of 71 in round five, 36 of 71 in round six. Uh, for So the finals, uh, Benavidez, 117 of 336. Andrade, 68 of 259. Uh, as far as CompuBox, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Steve, you on the Benavidez hype train with this one? Uh, you think he can take out Canelo, or do you think that Andrade, smaller, coming up in weight, uh, older, just uh, the perfect opponent at the perfect time for somebody like De David Benavidez. Yeah, I don't think you can watch a fight like this and say, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to batter Canelo. But because obviously stars make fights, Canelo's a different animal to Andrade. He's proven it time and time again, whereas this was Andrade's step-up fight after all these years. But each time we watch him, he's improving. He shows a little bit each time. He's got the freshness of youth as well. I look at it and I think, you know what, he's going to give Canelo a hard time, especially with body shots as well. And if he gets to round seven and eight without taking too much punishment and too many body shots in return, there's a good chance that he's going to give Canelo a lot of problems because Canelo likes to fight at his own pace. Now, 
We've seen that for a while. Bivol threw him out of that comfort zone. He made him work consistently and he didn't like it. Golovkin did to a certain extent in the first fight, but we all know what happened there. And I think Benavidez will do that as well. As for last night, I think it was actually a very enjoyable contest. Good card all round. Really good showtime going out with a bang on their on their pay-per-views, at least. You know, we've got Morel coming up. He's another animal as well. Another beast who I'd like to see in against the top guys if he gets past this Agbeko. Andre, as Donny said, he was daring to be great, but actually trying to go out on his shield and win the fight. But Benavidez was just so explosive. It's his explosivity, which I think is an underrated facet. People talk about his size and his robotic nature and ability to walk people down, which he did against Plant, and he was a little bit one-dimensional at times. But he has that explosivity in his hand and his footwork, which allows him to just close the range so quickly, and it's hard to prepare for because you're out of range, and all of a sudden this big, massive beast is suddenly on top of you, hitting you with shots. And that led to a really entertaining scrap. Watching Andre getting deconstructed was surprisingly satisfying, even though I don't really have too much against him. But everything happened as I expected it to last week. And we were talking on the Nutters chat on Friday night with Danny Young as well. But within a, a microcosm of my perceived timeline, what I mean is me and you were discussing this, Matty. I thought what happened would happen, but Andre would be more competitive and maybe fiddle him around for six or seven rounds. Then he would maybe start to fade and ultimately he would lose on the cards or maybe get stopped later on. That's what I thought would happen. Yep, but ben, Benavidez just put everything on two speed and just says, no, we're not going to do that. I'll just get you out of here in round six. Uh, stylistically, Andrade, he was dangling his right hand quite low, I thought, to block the left to the body. But Benavidez is right up to the body, something we don't see too often, was working really well as a nice replacement. Andrade was susceptible to the overhand right. Of course, that dropped him in round four. Nice little meme shot. Uh, almost Stevens against uh, Golovkin-esque of seeing Andrade's eyes rolling into orbit, looking for someone up in the bleachers there. Such was the ferocity he was hit. And after that point, I think that the writing was on the wall for him. In the first couple of rounds, Andrade landed a few good shots, especially to the body, but he was holding on for dear life. As soon as Benavidez got into a routine of pushing him off, forcibly breaking those clinches, saying, no, we're not going to clinch. I'm going to take matters into my own hand, Thomas Taylor, thank you very much. Hitting him off the brakes, pushing him away, it was over for Andrade because he couldn't compete at a high pace. So without, if he wasn't able to grab, take breaks, hold on to Benavidez, as soon as that was taken away from him, I thought, you know what, he's going to struggle to last the distance here. I'll end on a quick question for you, actually, Matty, if you don't mind. Chris Butler mentioned an opening comment that got me thinking. Poor old Andrade. He will have been paid handsomely for last night's action, but this was the first big fight he's had in 15 years. He lost most of the six rounds, got battered, got stopped. Nice pay packet, but regarding achievements and accomplishments, not just payments, has this been a bit of a waste of a career? The Billy Joe Saunders fight, I think, in 2018, the fact that dissolved was a bit of a watershed moment for Andrade. He'd have either got a big win against Saunders and moved on up to fight the other guys, or he'd have lost his O at that point. And I think that was a real moment there that changed the trajectory of his career. Do you think it's been a bit of a waste? 100%. I, I go back to Donnie. I, he's, he said that uh, is basically, uh, you know, textbook as far as how not to manage a career. And, you know, some of that has to fall on the fighter. I don't think it's entirely management, but, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was a third, fairly old fighter by the time he got to this moment. And he had never faced a real puncher, um, never faced, uh, you know, real adversity. And it all just kind of came swarming in on him in, in one night uh, in, in David Benavidez, who's um, you, you don't dip your toe in with a guy like David Benavidez. Um, so and I, I think that's probably going to be it for, for Andre. You might see him pop up 
um, to take on a couple of prospects or something like that. Maybe moves down to 160 again. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's a shame because he was clearly a talented guy, but he just um, didn't have the the kind of killer instinct and the uh, the the power or the charisma necessarily to, to draw in the big crowds and mm-hmm. uh, it kind yeah. of held, held them back. Yeah. I think to, just a couple of things quickly, I'll mention about that. Um, he said afterwards, you know, we're going to come back stronger, go to the gym and regroup and all, but he, who's he kidding at the end of the day, he shouldn't be at super middleweight and he's, he's never been that kind of fighter throughout the peak of his career. So like you say, he'll slip away, maybe fight a demon Nicholson kind of guy in a 10 rounder and then never fight again. I'd, I'd say that would be more than likely. Although there probably is mileage left him if, if, if he wants to take it. Talking of never faced as well, I haven't checked the, the veracity of this up, but someone I think put up on Twitter earlier on, he'd never faced a champion past, present, or currently future. So that's going to catch up on you when you fight guys like Benavidez, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, th- I mean, this is just a, a big, young, talented fighter who who grew up in the gyms with a bigger brother who was, uh, uh, I shouldn't say bigger brother, big brother, uh, who was uh, a, a very decorated amateur. Uh, so it was, uh, his, you know, his night didn't go the same, but the, Benavidez is more than just a big dude. Um, and Andy, what I, what I, I think is really great about Benavidez, you know, once he gets that motor going and, and he, he kind of figures a few things out, he, he downloads the data as some jerk off. So like to say, uh, but so when Benavidez gets that going, uh, it, he, he has this ability, he throws punches from all sorts of different angles and different arcs. Not only does Benavidez have those big looping big man shots, but he has a great straight. He has a good jab. He can throw him short hooks and uppercuts in the inside. Uh, at the end of the day, Andy, Benavidez is just a, an offensive masterpiece. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said there, actually, in terms of how he uses his shots. I mean, that was one thing I picked up on very early was was the long shots he was using in the very first round, making it very difficult for Andrade to try even getting a distance. And that's how he kind of really kept him there really for like the first two or three rounds. Um, I thought Andrade had a, a, a couple of good shoe shine moments, shall we say, in the second, possibly the third round. But you could you could gradually see Benavidez just gradually wear them down. Obviously, you seen him with that, that right hand that dropped him. Um, and was it, the round, was it fourth round, I think it was? One another thing is that he never, ever goes away for like hitting the body. Obviously, he, he takes it upstairs or hitting with uppercuts, but he never forgets the body. And when he really does tee up that left hook to the body and that as well, he puts everything behind it. You can literally hear it as well. Um, I might be going a wee, a wee bit Wellington here, actually, but um, and going soft. But I actually felt a wee bit sorry for Andrade there last night. I felt you could have stopped that fight after the fourth round. Um, the referee gave him every chance, every respect. His corner gave him another round. You can see the referee be concerned, calling the doctor in and that as well. But, um, you know, he wasn't going to do anything. He was backpedaling, as I say, after about the fifth and that as well. He was game. That's all I could say. But as Steve says as well, he's, he should be up there. Um, I really thought he might have caused a bit more problems, but... Really, he's fighting two fights, really, and there, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's he's fighting really to kind of stay, you know, just basically stay out of harm's way. Then he's going to try and muster a, a kind of like an attack somehow. And then whatever attack he did put in, in into place, it wasn't enough. It wasn't really putting a dent into into Benavides, who, by the way, does seem to be making the weight very, very fresh. He doesn't seem to be that kind of like you know that kind of like greyish way that he, that people people can look trying to make weight. Looks healthy. So that's that's the main thing. Um, I know the off the back of that, people are, are, are kind of like going with Benavides to kind of beat Canelo. 
totally different fight, I think. But again, we just need to wait and see how it goes at this point. Benavides can only do what he can do. Fight was fight was in front of him, win, win well, and then hopefully he gets the call. So hopefully we get to see it soon. Um, this time next year, yeah, I'll go with that. But um, I think the, the, in the end, the right call was made. Benavides, as I say, was beat them down, and Andrade was given every chance by his corner, by the referee, by the doctor. It wasn't enough, and it was only going to head one way. It was really, if I had went another one or two rounds, you could start saying, "Look, listen, this is getting a bit ridiculous now. We need to start calling." You know, it's, it's getting borderline. But it was, I think, the right amount of punishment was taken after that point, and then the, you know the right call was made to call it because it was only going to head one way, and it was it was a bad, bad beat. That it was. I think as well, uh, yeah, the good thing is at least he directly called out Canelo. Now he's always been very different towards Canelo, and he's you know he hasn't liked to trash talk him with him being the Mexican legend and all that, can see why. But he said very clearly now, come on, let's give the people what they want to see, me against Canelo. So he's got very direct now and called out Canelo, which which is good. Because this is the only fight that's left to be made now. Yeah, there's only a couple of fights that I'd like to see. One, Benavidez, the other being Crawford. Um, one, just because I'm sick. And I like to see people chase history. The other one, because I I legitimately think that Benavides has the, has the style to give Canelo absolute fits, uh, activity, lots of different uh, punches coming from all sorts of directions, and I don't know that he'll let Canelo fight at his own pace. Um, other than Canelo, Polly thinks Polly thinks after seeing that last night, he thinks Canelo will actively try and avoid uh, Benavides. Possibly. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, because that's it, it's a weird thing. Like, uh, you know, Canelo, how much more money will he make fighting Benavidez than fighting? I don't know. Anybody to be, else to be fair, Canelo's never really ducked anybody. He hasn't ducked anybody, but he's definitely tried to shift all uh, the the uh, the advantages like, in his corner. Yeah, yeah. In other words, he'll he'll fight you, but like it's going to be on his terms. Like, you let's know, let's be honest, man. If you can go back for time of memorial in the sport, all the champions have done that. Every yeah, I champion, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? they've all tried to kind of work it for themselves. You go back to the days. Yeah. You go way back to the days, right? Well, yeah. What's the point of being the A side if you don't use it, right? Yeah, like when, like when Leonard when Leonard fought Duran in the rematch and fought him in that like twenty five foot ring or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, it goes it goes back all the way. I mean, all always like the you know the money guy, you know the house the house guy like always has the advantage and he always presses that advantage to you know to to his competitive uh, you know advantage. Yeah, but like, but Canelo's never ducked anybody. Like, I, I, I would be shocked if Canelo. Anybody who's saying he's going to duck him is crazy. He waits people out though. He waited Golovkin out, didn't he? A little bit, yeah. He might wait out Benavidez now if he's tight at the weight. Yeah, Leonard, Leonard waited Hagler out. Floyd waited out Pacquiao. Mm. They all do it. They've all done it. I, I, that's, that's the weird thing. Like, it's hard to wait out a fighter who's younger than you. I, I don't know. That's kind of a. Yeah, I know, but you kind of, you, if you, if you got an eye for the sport, you're following their careers. You want to see how much punishment they've taken. I mean, look, it took, it took Leonard to watch Hagler, you know, basically go to war against John and the Beast Mugabe and then decide I can beat him now. And it still 
took them and then bugger about with the belts and get the rounds uh, reduced yeah. and get the smaller, they get the bigger ring, thumbless gloves. You know, it's just yeah. it's, let's he did, man. He did. He did see that. He saw. He saw him take that beating from Jamagabi. And he was like, there's a little something less of him left. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's absolutely correct. I and mean, he, he definitely saw something there. Yeah, I mean, that, that happens all the all the time throughout boxing. But it's usually not something where people are watching someone through the lens of a few years. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to say, I think that, uh, and this is probably not going to go over well, but I think that David Benavides is basically just Antonio Margarito, like a few sizes larger. Maybe Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is going to outbox him. No, I don't think so because of the point I made, Donnie, at the he's beginning. A, he's I think he's different because he has the explosive. No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. He, he has that explosive hand speed to close the range. He's not, he's not. He's a lot faster and more explosive, I think, and direct than Margarito. All right. Well, maybe that was a crude comparison, but. I, but I mean, I, yeah, Mar- Margarito kind of was what his thing was. He had a, a good motor, a good chin, and he kind of had long legs compared to his torso. So he uh, he was able to cut off the ring pretty well. Yeah, but I mean, he's not going to be able to muscle around, you know, Canelo Alvarez the way he did with Demetrius Andrade. Like Demetrius Andrade looked visibly smaller in that ring. Like he looked yeah. like this. He looked definitely the smaller man. And like he's not going to be able to push Canelo Alvarez around like that. I mean, he no doesn't way. have to necessarily get him get him against the ropes and phys- be physical with him. Benavidez is like six inches taller than Canelo. I don't know, man, but anybody who's who's picking Benavidez in that fight, I think has got another thing coming. I just think I, that's crazy. I thought the same about people who picked Andrade last night. And just, you know, well, you know, we some all... people were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shout out to a few of them, actually, Matty. I don't like hitting people when they're down, but we've got Barry Murray here, who was on our preview show uh, comments. I, I should be on the value of the week segment, right? You could be. £350 on Andre to beat Benavidez. Remember him? Four to one odds, Matty. Couldn't resist those odds, he said. Andre to use those six, slick southpaw skills to dance to a decision win. And there's Matthew Boone at the top, Matty. See him on the screen. Hashtag it's me again. I'll be back for an energy check on the 26th, which is today. Lol. We've all seen Benavidez, be- Benavidez before. Numerous of them. I ain't never seen oh. a boo-boo before. I've got Andre knocking him down and now boxing Benavidez. Like Ooh, I say. There's the receipt delivered. I heard something very similar on Saturday. <laughs> right, dude, I did I did you one better. And I and I and I freely give my consent for that to be. I and I've I've got text messages to prove it. <laughs> what's, what's 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 the current exchange rate? <laughs> Wait, what? For text what, messages? No, for uh, what's three hundred fifty pounds in American dollars right now? Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's about the same. I think. Yeah, yeah I know somebody who lost five hundred bucks betting Android. Yeah, me too. I don't know who that could be. Uh, some Egypt. Yeah. So yeah. Some impulsive bastard. Oh, I did our. I used one of my free bets on the ESPN uh, new app and the free bets they gave me. I I I, uh, I uh, did a uh, little bit of hedge, and I just took uh, one of them was uh, Andre to win in a worst case scenario. The other was Benavides by KO. Got that Benavides by KO money. Got a new uh, app with a bankroll once again. Got a couple of bankrolls going. It's good times in the Maddie household. 
Uh, thank you, ESPN Bet, for uh, your free money. I appreciated that very much. Um, Matty, can I just mention something before it slips in my mind because I'm old sure. and I forget things? But this isn't the most uh, important point of the night. But I know Showtime are closing up anyway, so it doesn't really matter long term. But the whole Steve Farhood thing, man, they're going to have to knock that on the head, him sitting at home and all. And in a high profile fight like that, they're buzzing in Las Vegas, the crowd's going wild. And in between rounds, they cut to Farhood sitting on his couch for whatever reason. I'm, I'm, I'm not casting aspersions as to why he doesn't go to the fights. And he's just completely lacking any energy. The internet's all over the place. Um, he's cutting in and out. I just I just think they're just, well, showtime for the dogs anyway, but that, that just that shit's not working, man. They're going to have to bit, uh, bitch off or ditch off the likes of far. Wait, I, I, didn't, I didn't see this. What, what are you talking about, Steve? He's, it was just, he, he's been scoring yeah. from home for like basically since COVID, I think. Yeah, which is fine, but if you see in a big fight like that, we'd say you got a Spence, Crawford, Davis, Garcia, and then last night, and you go into Steve Farhood's front lounge on his Wi-Fi, and he's just... The energy just doesn't match up whatsoever, man. I think that's a terrible move from Showtime. No offence to Steve. He's a great writer and all, but no. Yeah, Showtime are finished now, though, eh? That's the thing as well. You've got loads of fighters with a the, uh, the, the platform, and you've got Al Heyman having burnt bridges about how many platforms now? Yeah. Five, uh, six? Yeah. Where is he going I, to go now? Amazon Prime burnt Netflix? Would, wouldn't it be hilarious if somehow Al Heyman brings down Netflix? <laughs> oh, <but> amazing. <laughs> they bring down themselves. Send him over to Disney. Or, yeah, now that that content isn't wholesome enough for Disney. That wouldn't work. But uh, yeah, anyhow, that was a, a good fight. Man, Donnie's just, that's so weird. He's in and out and in and out. Is he back in? Nope, maybe he's gone now. Anyhow, um, so anyhow, other than Canelo, Steve, who might you want to see Benavidez fight before we move on? Um, David Morrell, I think. Uh, which yeah. is a funny last fight for Showtime against this Senna Agbeko. I think he lost to Shishkin a while back, so he's no great shakes. Um, Morel, they are, he has his little stronghold in Minneapolis. He loves beating people up. He's uh, got a bit of previous. He's a hard puncher. I think he's going to be very difficult for anybody at the weight to beat. Don't think they'll make it against Benavides. I think they'll keep them in their separate directions and try and get one or two of them uh, big fights elsewhere. But I don't know. If it's not him, I'm not sure what they'll do. Maybe Charlo, after fighting Benavides, move him up. He looked pretty, pretty decent. I'm just thinking what they'll do. I, I wouldn't want to see that, but you know, something like that is it's a bit of a PBC move, isn't it? Though, yeah. Well, and after fighting the brother, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Decent, decent enough segue. <coughs> Jermel, oh, that... after fighting, after fighting one Charlo brother and being so underwhelming, I mean, fighting another one, I mean, that doesn't seem like good sales for you know Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, we're talking Benavides. Benavides, yeah, because. Because because uh, Jose just lost to Charlo last night, and and what well, was a v- very weird? It was a 163 pound uh, catch weight, uh, and uh, there's no belt on the line. Obviously, ten rounds, and uh, at which point uh, Charlo came in a, a couple of pounds overweight uh, for the fight still, and he was given two hours to make the weight, and he came in 0.2 pounds higher. Than he originally had weighed in, so thinking maybe he was just entirely uh, disinterested and he might get uh, might get whooped up in that. Um, alas, did not happen. He put on a, a good performance for being a you know a guy who didn't uh, come anywhere close to the agreement uh, that they had on the contract. Had to pay out quite a bit of money to Benavides for that. But uh, 
Uh, I, I don't know, Andy. He lo- he uh, he looked pretty sharp. The combinations were good, but uh, nobody ever said that Benavidez moved his head. The Charlo fight, mate. I never seen it. Um, I was struggling to get the the full file of the the, the whole broadcast. I only caught the Matias main oh, event and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Garcia. Garcia. Yeah. So, Steve, why don't you hop in on that one? Uh, yeah, I don't know what Charlo's at at the moment, mentally and physically, coming in over the weight isn't a great look. I actually thought he looked really sharp. The two of them had nice little bellies, and Benavidez is tough as hell. He is a bit of a character. Took his licks, hadn't got the power to trouble Charlo, but Charlo looked really sharp. Jab was working lovely. Overhand right as well. Uppercut was flying in. Benavidez was trying his best, but apart from a bit of bravado later on in the fight, there was no love loss between the two. Both very spiky characters. Uh, Charlo, he's... I, I do worry about where he's at mentally. You know, he's always been a bit of a strange character, but they ask him a question and he just completely answers it. Maybe he's a bit of a tactician and he's not trying to give too much away, but he is such an odd character and you wonder whether getting punched in the head is probably the best profession for him. But that said, 10-rounder, he thanked the WBC, as he might, after being two years, two and a half years out of the ring. Let's just hope he gets the weight off now, gets back down and, and fights some decent people before he retires. Uh, as for Jose, yeah, I think he... Um, I don't really know where he's going in his career at the moment. The PBC are obviously looking after him. Um, he'll beat the lower level of opposition. He'll always he'll always be tough. Only Crawford caught up with him very late and stopped him. Apart from that, he is he is a pretty tough dude. But yeah, apart apart from that sort of ruggedness, I don't think he he has he has too much to offer. But it was well matched, and to put these two on before the main event, he got the crowd going. There was a lot of heavy shots being thrown, a lot of shit talking. Um, uh, good beards on display, good power punch, and I think the way they matched the card up and the way they put the schedule on was was well done by the PBC. And putting these two guys in together was a bit of a masterstroke from Tom Brown or whoever was matchmaking. Yeah, that uh, I'm just I, I don't know, man. I'm so underwhelmed with the Charlos. I, I just kind of at the end of the day, I couldn't give a fuck. I just more or less give lip service at this point in time. One of them out of the ring for two and a half years. The other one totally phoned in his uh, biggest payday uh, and just couldn't seem to give a shit about his non-effort. Uh, it's really tough to get behind those guys. Um, anyhow, uh, and what was a very entertaining fight while well, it lasted, uh, Ergashev sure tried to take it to Matias early, and uh, he looked good, turning corners and just kind of lighting him up. Uh, but slowly but surely, Matias punched his way into it and punched the fight out of Ergashev, uh, quitting after the fifth or the sixth round. Uh, but Andy, that was uh, man, that Matias. There's something about him, man. Uh, it, yeah. He doesn't. He just. He doesn't like blast you out of there. He just makes you not want to do it anymore, which is something yeah. in itself. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's similar parallels between this fight and what happened in the main event. Actually, um, it's like Ergashev only like lasted like really one round to have an effort. It was the first round he kind of like he buzzed up uh, Matias very early with a left hand. Started very confident. He was catching Matias with combos, heads, and straight lefts. So I thought it was a really good opener by the challenge. I think this is going to be a really good fight. And then for some reason he's just decided, right, okay, I'm going to go in the pocket with this guy. And I'm going to battle outside the ring, and Matias just started landing more, and he just, you know, it was more his office, so to speak. And then by the third round, he's putting some real serious heat on Ergashev, and he's taking body shots, and he's taking more uppercuts. I just thought by the about the fourth and fifth, Ergashev was looking lost. He was, he was looking about a spent force, shall I say? Um, as I say, he had a great opener, and 
by this point, he's just looking like he's absolutely falling apart. Maybe it's just a, a lot to do with the, the shots that he's taking. He's just no fancying it anymore. But certainly something that he took in the very early half of that fight, it's, it's really kind of like got him, got him kind of like, nah, I don't know what you say. I, I don't want any more of this. So to be fair, just, what can you say, mate? I mean, Ergis Evy just, he just sat sat out, shook his head, didn't want it anymore. It was just basically a quit job. I, I know somebody said that about Andrade saying that he kind of quit and he's still on that as well. Could say the same about Ergishev and that as well. He wanted no more. Matias was just landing more heavy shots and he had no answer for him. For some reason, he just wanted to get in the pocket with him for some reason and just wanted to try and have, have it out with him. Which, off that performance, at least, that's the wrong thing to do. Go to keep that guy at distance and try and box and move as best you can and just try and keep away from his his heavy thudding shots because eventually, if he does get to you, he will just keep you on the ropes, try and get you in the ropes and just break you down eventually because... Uh, the power seems to be legit, mate. It really does seem to be legit. So it's going to take an exceptional boxer, I think, to really kind of like deal with him, I think, and someone who's uh, who can who's really cute and inside in that as well, Will. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who that might be at 140 pounds. It's a you know, it's a fairly deep division. There, there's got to be a couple of names that could that could really give him hmm. give him a rough Lopez. Night. Yeah, Tio, Tio, absolutely. That would be a good fight. Um, Progress. Well, he's fighting Haney. Well, here's Haney. Come up, Haney. Haney, Haney could 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 really that that's an interesting style matchup. One hundred percent. I doubt we'd ever see that. Um, I think it would be funny to see Raleigh Ramiro take him on. Who wouldn't want to see Raleigh Ramiro <laughs> face Matias? He'd kill Ramiro, wouldn't he? A live execution on pay per view. Destroy him. Gary Antoine Russell, that'd be a fun fight. Two of them straight yeah. at each other, heavy punches. Yeah, and yeah, Gary can swing quite a bit. You're you're yeah. right. He's and they're looking for a uh, title. I think he's fairly highly ranked. I have about eight tabs opened up for our previews, so I'm not gonna go looking at the ra- rankings in here. But mm. uh, he's 17 and 0, 17 KOs, isn't he? Matias is 20 and 1, 20 KOs. Stick him yeah. in and let him flip and swing it out. Sweet to say as well, because you know, Matias is 31 now. I mean, he's 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 on the fight he's ever going to be at this point. So let's get the big fights made at 140. So if it's as you say, if it's Romero, if it's Pro, well, Pro Haney winner, Lopez, I don't know if he's vacated the WBO belt, he's still floating about. What's his deal with top rank? Is he a free agent now? I don't. I'm not sure about that. It's, that it's all very way. confusing. It's, right, it's all so. very confusing. And of course, as well, we don't know what's happening with the PBC fighters in terms of networks and that type of thing. So, will they yeah. get crossover? Big Al's got to do something about uh, with them. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, what may come of it. Uh, 140 pounds is hot. 135 is, and I, I kind of look at him a little bit interchangeably. Um, as it may be. Um, but, uh, Steve, this was a, a really fantastic war kind of while it lasted, but much like, uh, like, uh, Jeremiah's Ponce, uh, he, he, he figured he'd stand in there and it, it just didn't work. Um, uh, but, but it was definitely a good bang for your buck while it lasted. Well, it was a lot like the Ponce fight, actually, wasn't it? That's a good comparison. The same again. Ponce came and put it on him for that first round, threw a lot of shots, tried to get him out of there. Ergashov did exactly the same. I think he sort of he didn't wobble him, but he sort of caught him off balance with a bit of a left hand to the body in the first round. He thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. But Matias, man, he's must-see TV for me. I think he's one of my fa- He's probably my favourite fighter at the moment. I, I just love him. I think he's class, man. He's proper bloodthirsty. He just beats the shit out of people relentlessly. He loves a fight. 
He, he has that loss on his record, but we all know there was extenuating circumstances for that. He's bounced back from someone dying in the ring, which is no small feat, man. That destroys people mentally. And and he's come back and he's just... This is the fifth person. Me and Dominic Henry were talking about this off air. Fifth person in a row who's retired on their stool now. He just makes people quit and say, fuck this, man. I don't want any more against this guy. He's just too much for me, including a win over Ananyan who beat him before. Ponce was the same. His dad pulled him out, said, right, that's enough. Ergashev, absolutely the same. Sugar Hill in his corner. Beast could punch. The body shots just killed him. When they were going to the head against each other, Ergashev was able to duck as best as he could. But Matias just stood there and just started hitting him to the body so hard. Ergashev just couldn't put up with it, man. He was knackered. And as Andy mentioned, he was just standing there and taking shots. I just don't think he could escape. He just didn't know what to do. He stood on the ropes and says, I'm going to bang it out with him and try and knock him out before he knocks me out. And Matias is like, OK, that's fine. I'll do that. Ergashev styles worked for him for so long against lesser opponents. He just couldn't or wouldn't able to do anything else. But yeah, man, I love Matias. I think he's brilliant. I was saying on Friday night, actually, I hope they put him in against a big unification fight before he burns out. Because one day he's going to melt his knee fighting like this. Someone's going to catch him or take his shots and he's not going to be able to get through. So while he's hot, let's get him in the unifications, banging him out at in his prime against fellow champions. He, he's just a bloodthirsty guy, man. I think I think he's brilliant. No mass Matias. No mass Matias. We're trying to court with something, Andy. That's class. Well fucking A. Fucking A. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that was not the upset to be, but uh, below that, there was an upset to be uh, coming in about two to one. Uh, Lamont Roach taking out Hector Garcia uh, with a uh, very, very close split decision. Uh, which I thought uh, I thought he had more rounds in the bank than that. It was a questionable knockdown call by Tony Weeks uh, in the final round uh, in uh, what uh, on closer inspection really did seem to be a shot behind the head. Uh, but uh, I, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Steve, uh, it's just one of those things where luckily Weeks' incompetence <laughs> was able to save Roach from the incompetence of the judges uh, handing him a uh, 130 pound strap in the process and a fight I, where I really thought he earned it, especially down the stretch. Yeah, that, that's a really nice way of looking at it, actually. I hadn't thought about that. I, I always shudder when I see Tony Weeks in the ring. He's my least favorite referee, man. I can't stand him. But um, in this one, he didn't have a chance to, to bugger things up. So fair enough. But as for the judges, I agree with you. I, I heard a few people saying, oh, Garcia deserved to get the win. I didn't see that at all. I thought Roach is one of these guys who's always had the talent, good amateur. He's had it within him and you see him losing to Jamel Herring and I automatically think that kind of puts him at a certain level. But I remember the fight against Herring, well, to a certain degree, and he buzzed him late on and just didn't put... He's one of these guys who didn't let his shots go, didn't put his punches together. And there was times in the middle of the rounds here where I thought it was going to be the same. But Garcia was so passive. I wonder whether he's one of these guys who was on a really good run and then he got battered by Davis, hurt so hard, said he couldn't see, worrying signs, now he's lost to Roach. Is that him now on a downward spiral? Is he going to start losing fights now? And with sort of the way the unbeaten record goes and the, the mystique as such disappears. And he struggled against Gutierrez, again, said this on Friday night late on in the fight. So with him and Roach go, going late, I thought maybe Roach can get the win. But the, the scores were ridiculous. 116-111, that was a Robert Hoyle score in favour of Roach. I thought that was fair enough. As for 114-113 to Roach, all based on that fake knockdown, really. Cuffing left behind the head, sort of pushed him to the canvas. Weeks called it 114-113 in Garcia's favour to DeLuca. As the commentary team said, if that knockdown hadn't have been scored, which wasn't a knockdown really, then it would have been a majority draw or something and Roach would have been robbed. Man, I thought it was bullshit. He outboxed him for the majority of the con uh, contest. 
outlanded him. Garcia was very passive, standing back on his shots, a lot like Javonta Davis, actually. Before we saw Garcia motoring forward, throwing a lot of shots, but he was a lot, a lot more passive and just throwing one shot at a time. And I don't know whether he's the Bob Santos. He seemed to think he was doing all right. Last round, I thought, right, they're going to give him a fire cracker up the ass here and say, you need to go out and throw a few shots. He was like, uh, touch the body and be conservative or be safe, something like that. And I was like, bloody hell, man. I don't think that's the fight I'm seeing. But Bob Santos saw that, Matty, and the judges were seeing the same fight as he was. And he very much nearly got away with, with, with the, the decision. So, yeah, fair play to Roach. Deserved it. He did. And uh, it'll be interesting where they take him next. I think my boy Otar Aranotion is ranked closely behind yeah, him. Yeah, get him in. Yeah, I, I want to see him get his chance, I think, I, and I think Roach is a good opponent for him. Um, Andy, did you catch this one? I I, I thought, uh, yeah. yeah. for me, uh, a lot of people said it was boring, and I don't necessarily think that this was, was a boring fight. I, I think compared to some of the fights we've seen recently that were definitely boring, like the Shakur Stevenson fight, I, I thought that there was enough going on uh, there was the shots that they did find were clever enough to show that it was it was a pretty tactical affair, fought on a fairly high level at the end of the day. Uh, I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but I, I did think there was there, there was not enough activity in the fight for me. And I personally don't think there was enough activity coming from the champion. He spent a lot of it on the back foot, a lot of maneuvering. Uh, really, when Roach Roach was kind of like happy to kind of like spear his jab out and like a few combinations go that type of thing and that as well. But I'd I'd seen a comment as well. I just wanted to. I'm sure I'm right in saying this, but that knockdown practically with a what if it wasn't for a knockdown, that would have been a majority draw. I think or right. split draw, yeah. split yeah. draw. So I'm sure it is. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the type of thing it should have went to. Like so you know, like you you put the kind of like. Uh, the replays at ringside and that type of thing. If anything contentious, it could look. I'm glad that way. it didn't because I thought Roach earned the fight and the ru- yeah, judge almost fucked it. I, get that. <laughs> I was like, I get eh. that as well because that's what I'm kind of saying. I mean, look, in the day, Garcia wasn't really active enough. Sometimes you you go to really take it to the champion. I think, I think, at least in my opinion, I thought Roach was doing that. He was pressing the fight, at least trying to make it a fight. Uh, I, I, I personally think he, he he won the fight. I got like a one one sixteen one eleven type scorecard possibly. Uh, definitely won the fight for me. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed in Garcia, in, in my personal opinion. I, I thought I was expecting far more for him, actually, and what he delivered. I don't know if it was injuries or if it was a, 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 an issue with the weight. I don't know what it was, but he just was not what I expected him to be. And it says his lack of activity suggests to me, at least, not that he either had issues with the hand speed, but Roach could sometimes put together, or he just he wanted to try and pace himself or he expected a kind of longer, tougher fight and that, but was not impressed with him. And then he obviously he got, he got rocked pretty heavily in the, in, in the 11th. I know the kind of knockdown is a bit suspect, that type of thing as well, but the way he kind of like reacted to it as well, and that, it, it did look like it, because I had to rewind it a little bit, and I still, I still couldn't see it really kind of land in real time either. It was like a cuffing left hand behind the head. He almost sort of yeah. pushed him down to the canvas, didn't he? The way he kind of like then kind of like shuffled across the ring and fell on the ropes, it kind of like maybe sold mm. it a wee bit, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just I feel like Garcia. That I, I I just kind of feel like he's a guy who, after he got punched pretty good, is kind of a little afraid of taking a shot now. Um, he just uh, that that fight against Tank. Oh, uh, I agree. He, he got a good payday, but I I think that fight changed him forever. Yeah, rewired him a bit, didn't it? And that whole business after saying, "Oh, I can't see. I don't know where I am," and all this that was worrying, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it does beg the question, and that you just never know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, passed the uh, the test. I mean, you know, however confident they are in giving that, um, you could so, pass the test right now for Christ's sake. Fucking a, put put me in. I'm, Even I'm, I'm, I'm man, you would pass that fucking uh, Nevada medical test, no problem. Fucking a, I like that. I like that. I, well, it's time for the second career. Throw me in. Let's do this. What do you think? Should I just fight at my natural weight and be a cruiser, or should I lose? 15, 20 pounds. Nah, you should eat there, Ben. If he does, mate, come down and be a weight bully, you know? Goddamn. For me to become a weight bully at my size, I'd have to lose probably like 40, 50 pounds. I'd like to see you fight Baturbia, Matty. That's what I want to see Benavidez in the fight, by the way. Without any any of this other crap going on in the background, (laughs) any promoters and platforms and TV networks, I want to see Benavidez against fucking Baturbia. Yeah, that's a good one, dude. I would love that Sign me right up for that one, by the way. I would love that fight 100% right there with you. Uh, I, you never know. I wouldn't entirely put that one out. I think Better Be of is near the end of the road with his top rank contract, and he might be curious about uh, what other options might be there be they uh, Bivol uh, or Benavidez, uh, the, the three B's rocking around here. Benavidez definitely is a bigger draw for him there. Like, go to B. I mean, he's got a Mexican following. He has, he has, you know, I heard the fans here last night. He has got a bit of a following, Benavidez. Um, he he is he his with his style and and what he's doing in the ring. He's what the Mexican fans wanted Chavez Junior to be. You know, as a big guy, as you know, big yeah. guy. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think. And unfortunately, he could not do that for them. All he could give them was one round of hope. Um, anyhow, I'll uh, never forget that picture of Chavez Junior lying in the hospital bed after Martinez had fucked. I don't know. Was it Martinez or was it Golovkin? No, Canelo, oh. sorry. So the Canelo fight. And he's lying there in the hospital bed. You've, you've got Dash Chavez looking at the top of him, looking at him with disgust. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Ready to put him up for adoption. Ah, uh, somebody's got a bubble kind of thought there. He said, no, I, wish, I wish Canelo was my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor son of a bitch. Um, but uh, let's see here. Um, Andy, I don't know that you catch, caught anything else on the uh, un-pay-per-view uh, portion of the telecast. No. Steve, you were yes. able to catch uh, Lipinets and Rivera as well as uh, Vito Milnicki working his way up uh, from his uh, defeat. Uh, God, that's probably been 10 fights ago now. Uh, how'd you like the action? Yeah, I did actually. It was good. They had that Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell was in doing the Jim Gray job. I'm not sure what happened to Jim Gray, but Brian Campbell was in with Breadman Edwards and it was like you could tell Showtime was sort of closing down. I said it in the Nutters chat last night. It's almost as if they put these two in the spare room and taken away all the equipment. And after these two fellas, we were, they did a good job, actually, to be honest with you. But um, the only fight I couldn't catch, which was of interest to me, was the Pablo Vicente Mohamed Yakubov fight. It was pretty, of pretty uh, decent significance because the winners, the mandatory for Oshaki Foster, Yakubov won the fight on t- a 10-round decision. Didn't see it, like I said, but he's going to fight Foster in a rematch. He's already lost to Foster, so uh, that's that one. As for Melnicki, you're right. He's only 21. You have to remember that. You know, He lost to James Martin. They brought him back. He's 16-1 and now, 11 knockouts. Really good puncher. This was a good win against Flores. He was no world beater, but he's he's shown reason, reasonable form at a, de- a decent level in the past. And Melnicki was going through the motions first minute and a half, and then caught him with shots, dropped him three times. Referee said, right, that's it. Get rid of Flores. And Melnicki rolls on. Uh, him and Joey Spencer, kind of two guys on the way up, both suffered a loss. Uh, watching them bounce back is interesting. And the other fight, 
Uh, yeah, Lipinets against Rivera. I picked Lipinets on points on the Prediction League. Just thought he'd have too much for Rivera. He kept coming forward, throwing a lot of shots, but he just got... He looked slow, man. He, he took too many. Once Rivera got into his groove after about the fifth round, he got the jab going. He was moving. He was ducking Lipinets' shots, landing some nice counters. He looked really good. 97-93. Fair enough for me. Rivera rolls on. Lipinets, they'll keep on throwing him back out against fighters of... A lesser ability. He's a grinder, but he, he's took a lot of shots now. He's, as you said, Matty, he's fought. Um, he's, it's quite a condensed career. He, you know, he was fighting like Garcia in his twelfth or thirteenth fight, and here he is now, sort of being shelled up in a, a crossroads fight against Rivera. But Rivera's good. He can punch. He's not going to beat the Frank Martins of this world, but at a certain level, he'll be in exciting fights. And kind of glad he won, really, even though he did scud me on the prediction league. Yeah, I'll tell you that what I would worry about me, uh, worry me about Rivera is he did get hurt in the uh, the later rounds there, and uh-huh. I don't think he has the uh, the tank or the legs to get uh, to get through twelve. Yeah. He's been dropped in the past, doesn't he? As well, all beat yeah. by legitimate punches as well, like John Fernando. So and Martin. Yep, good point. Yeah. So yeah, that was a uh, a pretty damn good. Uh, last pay-per-view by Showtime. Um, going to miss him. Not going to miss paying $75. But uh, at least this provided uh, good action for the money. Um, and at least I had a picture and was able to watch it from the beginning, unlike Donnie, who's uh, <laughs> apparently just has shitty internet altogether. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, he tried ordering it, and the screen was just black. Uh, did not go well for Mr. Baseball. Unfortunately, <laughs> you wonder what the if, if anybody's been watching it was watching it from our vantage point. Donnie goes in and out of the room while he talks. It's the strangest thing, um, and now he's disappeared for like more than twenty seconds. So it's a it's a mystery if he'll be back or not. Mm-hmm. We shall find out. What was not a mystery was how much fun the fans were having in Ireland last night as Katie Taylor was able to get revenge with a majority decision victory over Chantel Cameron uh, in a fight that, you know, I, I thought that the, there might've been a little bit of bias um, from the direction of the commentary crew. I thought that the draw card was a little bit closer uh, to what, what happened 96, 94 Taylor. I could see, I kind of thought that it could go uh, either direction, to be honest with you. Uh, but it was a really good fight where, uh, you know, it's just uh, late down the stretch. Taylor's probably doing a little bit uh, too much holding and kind of took a little bit of the shine off the entertainment value. But, uh, Andy, I, I thought, honestly, um, it was a fight that could have gone either way. But uh, Katie probably deserved to just barely nick it. Didn't agree with the 98-92, but I, I thought she probably probably did what, did just enough to win the fight if you consider hometown advantage. Yeah, she started kind of aggressively, but I did think the, the jab that knocked her down, she should have been called as a knockdown, that, that's one thing. Um, I think the scorecard, you're right, 98-92 was a bit wide. Um, in the day, look, she, she's, it was it was a kind of, it was a bit of an kind of aggressive opener, but um, I did think as well, as look, Cameron was kind of like standoffish a little bit in that as well, but um you could you could tell in that as well with the with the pressure on Katie Taylor. A lot of people obviously wrote her off. I, I thought she would have got beat as well. 
really thought Cameron would have really kind of like stepped up for like the last fight. Hasn't really done that. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go overboard by saying it was absolutely thrilling and all that type of stuff. That it was just it was a bit just a bit of brawl really. It was there was no much in terms of like the quality. I don't think in that as well. To be fair, as you mentioned the, the hold and that as well. Um, and obviously you got Cameron with that bad uh, that bad cut. I think it was caused. I don't caused by head, but I think it was. I think she was caught with that swelling pretty early doors. I think with a potential head clash, mm-hmm. and it's just guys that got worse over over the over the course of the fight. But at the end of the day, look, fair play to Taylor. As I say, a lot of people kind of wrote her off. She's come back well. Um, I would probably need to say we want to see a trilogy at least. I would love the trilogy to go 12 threes. I don't like the 10 twos. I keep saying it, especially at this level. Um, I think these women should be giving us 10 threes and that. Sorry, 12 threes, sorry. Um, I just think it would be a wee bit more entertaining. I just think it looks like, it's, you know, I keep saying it again, the 10 twos, it's just too frantic. Um, too, it's just too short, and I just think you know we, we could get a bit of kind of more a clearer winner possibly over twelve rounds, especially over three minutes and that as well. Um, so I'll leave it at that. But definitely the the knockdown should have should have scored should have been scored for uh, for uh, Cameron, sorry, and uh, that would definitely have swung it on one of the scorecards. Uh, definitely, I think I'm trying to remember what were the scorecards again. Sorry, uh, three. I know that one was a draw, one. I think, wasn't it? Yeah, one, one eye. And then I think a 96, 94, and yeah. 97, 94. So 96, could, 94 was about we right. Could, we could have ended up a draw in that fight, and if that knockdown had been scored, am I That's right. That's right. I think it would be a majority draw. So I think we've got to have a third fight, honestly. And I think if she wins that, Taylor, I think she can then call it quits after that. Great career. And uh, she walk off in the sunset, so to speak. So, uh, you know, Cameron's done her bit as well, but I expect it to be a bit more for her. Um, I think I, I believe at least I believe she's a, a, a fighter who really thrives on confidence. Now you know she, maybe she's like it's going to be sound weird to say this as a unified champion, now, but I, you know there's maybe a wee bit lack of self belief there. Sometimes you got to kind of like gear up to get her going. Sometimes maybe it was just a, a lack of that. Maybe it was just her being champion. Maybe just I'm not going to say a lack of effort or hunger or whatever it is now. But maybe you know, it's, it's, it's better to be the challenger than it is sometimes to be the champion. It's hard to be champion for some people. I'll leave it at that. Amen. Uh, Steve, um, how did you feel on the the, the scorecards and, and where you might have personally been scoring the fight at? I, I kind of thought the commentary wasn't calling uh, a bit of Cameron shots on that one. I, I thought uh, specifically she caught uh, Taylor with a few good uppercuts coming in that didn't seem to get mentioned as well. And like I said, probably lean Taylor in it, but I kind of thought it was like the Serrano fight. Could have been a draw. Could have been 96-94 either direction. Uh, beyond that, I don't think you were given either fighter credit. I mean, there, there are probably five legitimate swing rounds in there. Yeah, I think uh, a resolve and a work rate gets her through. There have been a few tight decisions in the past. You mentioned Serrano there, the pursuit, especially the first fight as well. The second one in the garden as well. All have all seemed to gone her way. I thought it was a decent brawl, like Andy. I thought the commentators got carried away, but you can't really blame them. You know, the crowd are going absolutely wild. There's a lot of emotion. Uh, the storyline that was catching up with them, the fact that Katie Taylor was at home and she was reversing it. Everyone thought she was was writing her off. A lot of people thought she might have even got stopped in this one. And she was sort of turn, not only turning it around, but just dragging everyone along with her to, to get this win at home that she's wanted for so long. And that dragged them into fight of the year territory, which I think it was a bit too sloppy to be fight of the year. It was quite a dirty fight as well. I think the holding was getting pretty ridiculous towards the end, but... 
As for Katie, we mentioned the 12 threes and that. I think she has the style absolutely nailed down for 10 twos now. I mentioned it again in the chat last night, but she throws like a four or five punch frenzied combination. Some land here and there, half of them don't land. And then she jumps in and holds. And all the time, the crowd are going absolutely wild for everything. And this style has just worked a treat for her, especially at home when everybody's behind her. So fair play to her and her coach, Ross Emine, isn't he? Who, whose work I wasn't really familiar with before he hooked up with Katie, but he's managed to get her this far. And they obviously looked at the game plan and looked at what they needed to do. The heads came in early. I think she bounced off the ropes and caught Chantel. And you can't make excuses at this level, but obviously with the blood pissing down, you know, she's probably never experienced that before, to my knowledge. Fighting on her way turf, things were going against her. The swelling as well. She felt like there was a lot of hold and the referee wasn't doing anything. You can start to feel sorry for yourself. Mm. And I think Cameron did, which understandably so, start to feel a bit sorry for herself that everything was kind of stacked against her as well. And at some point, I'm sure... Yeah, think... there could have been a point deduction in there uh, against Taylor quite easily, I thought. The, the holding did get excessive at a certain point. Uh, I don't know. I could, they could do. I wonder if as well, sometimes the mentality of some fighters at, at a point is, oh, uh, I'm going to try, obviously, but I can't be bothered. At least it, enough has been done that I can come off the back of this and say, well, there was a knockdown should have gone in my favour. The referee was biased. There was a lot of there's enough excuses sort of been built in by that point that I'm not saying Chantel would maybe use them, but there's a lot of excuses. And she could have said, well, this is what this is what's happened. This is the reason why I've lost uh, to herself as much as to anybody else. But as for, as for Katie, just to close out, of all of her qualities, people talk about her boxing ability, her all-round athleticism, going from football to boxing and reigning for as long as she has at amateur and their professional level. I think the resolve she has and the durability are two of her greatest assets because she looks absolutely bollocks from about the first round. Her hair's always coming out by about the fourth <laughs> round. And yet she still just keeps on going and going and going, man. I don't know what the hell they're, they're doing in training, but fair play to her. She has some absolute engine on her. And I think that engine has got her through a lot of fights as much as her boxing skill, to be honest, Matt. Be a brave man to take her on the sack with the stamina. <laughs> you know, I, I think really the, the thing about her, though, is I think that engine is only serves her about 15 minutes of the fight. And that's why I wouldn't look to see her in 12, in 12, three. That's what I was saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, I just don't, uh, don't see that happening. Um, but I, I still think, you know, if they can't come to agreement on that, give, give them 12 twos, you know, there's gotta be a little bit more to this. Um, but anyhow, I, I, I look forward to potentially seeing a, a trilogy come out of this. Uh, I, I think that there's, uh, definitely a possibility of that. Uh, not 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 a whole lot of uh, other big money making options outside of of that fight. So, uh, but we'll, we'll see what comes down the pike there. Uh, hopefully, uh, Katie has a Merry Christmas, and so does Chantel. I thought that they uh, they both uh, gave it a good go there, and um, yeah, good, good fight. Don't think it was the women's fight of the year though. I think that's still going to go to uh, Clavel and. Uh, uh, Jessica Neri Plata at this point in time. That was a good fucking fight. So. Oh, I saw that fight as well, Matty. I'm a hardcore now on the chicks we dig scene. That was a Canada one, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, like yeah. February. Yeah, right there with you. Yep, good freak, good fight. So, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, but that was a uh, a pretty damn entertaining fight. I I definitely enjoyed the main event. Uh, there was a split decision uh, win for Gary Coley over Reese Mold underneath that one. Andy, did you catch it? That was the only fight I seen in the zone card, and it was a Taylor Cameron fight. Steve, fair decision. Um, 
you know what? I don't know. So I can't really comment because I was at this time, I, I can't remember what I was doing. I think maybe the youngsters wouldn't go to bed or something, but I wasn't watching it completely. But I was keeping up to date with like people texting back and forward. A lot of love for Reese Mould and for what he was doing. So I can understand why a lot of people were pissed off at that. But Cully, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be difficult for him, isn't it? Unless he, he's going to end up at like light heavyweight. So I think eventually he's absolutely huge, but the chin's up in the air. I thought he tried to change his style as best as he did, and he was functional just to get through the fight, just to get the win. I thought it was quite a weak support fight. Eddie, I don't know, he hasn't got the names or he's not able to put them on, but it was a good fight for both guys at this stage of their career. But Cully, he's just an accident waiting to happen. I know he got past Mould, but this is quite a low level compared to what they're saying about him. It could be that he's got this out of his system. He's got the loss to the Mexican out of his system, and he will improve. But I just think the first decent person who puts it on him, bit of a dig, catches him every time he got caught, the legs, as they would for a guy getting down in weight, what he does, they just seem to wobble a little bit. I just I just don't see a great future for poor old Gary, Gary Cully. And I've seen him from when he was fighting as an amateur back in the day, so sort of I've admiration for him but I just I just don't think there's anything there man really to be honest with you uh, but on the flip side I'll I'll uh, seamlessly transition myself Matty if you don't mind into Paddy Donovan the polar hey, opposite man Steve Steve yeah. people transition all the time <laughs> you go on and do it so we'll maybe get a super chat for Wellington transitioning on a Sunday night but Paddy Donovan looks the goods man his brother Edward's good as well, but I just think he looks brilliant. He looks the part. He fights the part. I've seen him up close and personal fighting a couple of times. And his judgment of distance, watching him at ringside, the way he moves his feet, the way he steps back out of range, I think he's the complete package. I know they all talk a lot of shit and they all say, oh, so-and-so is brilliant. This guy's going all the way. I agree with Andy Lee and Eddie on this one. Danny Ball's no mug. He's a guy who's done things the hard way. Lost a lot of weight back in the day. Got himself to a certain level, but he just wasn't able to mix with Donovan. And it was... It went on for as long as Donovan wanted it to, I think. And he just, yeah, he looks the businessman. He puts his shots together lovely. He's really skilled. I thought the end was just a smidge quick. Okay. I, I thought that that the ball could have definitely got up. And I felt that that uh, that flurry that Donovan threw in the corner was mostly ineffective. And he very well could have punched himself out. I would have liked to have seen a, a full count on that in the in the fucking corner, not throwing the towel. Where, well, going to that's what I was just going to say. The corner threw the towel, and didn't they after the body shot? So I suppose we'll never know. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I feel like he might have punched himself out there a little bit, Steve. And that was, uh, he might have been saved from from a mistake that he made there. And hopefully, he he learned rather than uh, the easy way, rather than the hard way in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the rest of the card, if you want me to just quickly slide through, I, I can do. Yeah, what what else was on there? Uh, Vizioli started off on the YouTube portion, banged out Lee Anthony Sibley. Lovely left hand, looks good. It's only his debut, we don't know. Uh, the heavyweight uh, fight was really sloppy shit, man. Thomas Carty heard a lot about him. He's a bit of a banter king, a Sean, big sexy Turner type. Done a lot of sparring with Dillian White. There's going to be a lot of pressure on these guys, fighting in front of their home crowd, uh, him against... Dan Garber, uh, eighth round stoppage. Garber just ran out of gas. It, it wasn't great, that one. Uh, Jamie Morrissey against Emmett Brennan. Brennan was an Olympian, uh, had a lot of problems with the drink, which is well documented. He'll tell you that himself. And he sort of turned his life around, gone sober. I see a lot of him on LinkedIn, actually. He does a lot in inner city Dublin, working with the youngsters and that. He's an all-round good guy. And he's 2-0 and now after stopping Morrissey for the BUI Celtic heavyweight title. So power to him. Zelfa Barrett didn't watch that fight. Watched the first few rounds and gave up. 
John Cooney, I was saying, he, I was saying he fought Liam Gaynor, not to be confused with Gloria Gaynor. Uh, Liam Gaynor is a decent Dublin fighter on the domestic scene. John Cooney, I saw him fight in Belfast in October, and he was quite boring and defensive. And then, of course, it become clear now why, because he was preserving himself for this big night. Didn't want to get cut. Didn't want to get injured. Came out, blasted Gaynor. That one could have been allowed to continue, maybe. I don't know, but uh, Cooney got the win. Looks good. And Sky Nicholson, hands of stone, aka Alexis Arguello, female version, banging out Lucy Wildheart with a with a, a, a flurry in the ninth round, I think it was. <laughs> WBC interim featherweight title. My pal David Irving jumping in and saving Wildheart from a beating as the shots flew in there, Matty. Yeah, just kind of bust her nose there. I think the corner might have threw in the towel, didn't they, on that one? Was yeah, well, possibly. I don't know. But um, as for Sky, I you know better than me, Matty, but I think she she looks talented and she looks the part, mm. but she she's, you know, she can't punch, man. And she's, she doesn't excite me, to be honest with you. Well, as, she, as a boxer, <laughs> she's she's uh, holding the interim for one of the belts that Amanda Serrano has at featherweight. So I think they might be setting that up. Maybe it's for Amanda Serrano's Puerto Rican homecoming that they're planning for next year. We'll see how that goes. Um, honestly, I would seriously go uh, to see Amanda Serrano and Sky Nicholson fight in Puerto Rico. Um, looking for a reason to go to Puerto Rico. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. But the, I would definitely see Serrano winning that one, especially in Puerto Rico. I don't know if they can get it for the 12 threes, especially because I think Sky is the WBC interim and the WBC was the were the ones that balked at doing the 12th at sanctioning the 12 threes in Serrano's last fight. So it'd probably be a 10 twos, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, yeah, I could see that fight definitely happening. Um, Rob, glad to see you're, you're here. Um, Rob Kelly, join us on the call. I thought that uh, he was uh, out engaging in protest or something right now. Uh, glad to see you're here, Rob. Oh. Um, we, we have officially wrapped up. Uh, we have officially wrapped up both cards. That's probably paying attention to the news, Rob. I'll have a, always have a quip. Um, we've just we just wrapped up both cards of the of the major cards. So anything you saw over the weekend, please, Rob, uh, get into it uh, as uh, you know uh, broadly or as narrowly as you want to. All right, <laughs> fair enough. Thanks for that guidance. Um, obviously, saw the Katie Taylor fight that has own card. Um, thought um, Donovan looked really good. Um, good punch selection. He's looked good for. I've obviously been following him because Andy's been training him. So I've been looking at like all his earlier fights, but last night was his first kind of step up. Um, and he looks like he's capable. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun when it comes to Irish fighters and start predicting what could be, but I think he's definitely capable of being in the mix down the line if he continues like that. It seems to be getting better each out. Brilliant punch to do the job. So enjoyed that. The Gary Cully fight absolutely stunk, stunk. Um, didn't enjoy that at all. Um, he was exciting when he was kind of knocking people out, and he was like, he was showing his attributes going forward and that, like big guy, southpaw. He looked really good when he was stopping guys, but then when he got clipped, obviously, fucking that went out the window. And I think he looked tentative last night. I think he that left great. hand is glued to his chin. It's fucking glued. Yeah, like he thought, and he's not. Um, He's too poly with the jab for a guy his size. Like he's fucking, you know, it's too, it's too kind of, 
he's using the jab like a much shorter fighter. Like he should be stepping on that jab from a guy with his distance stuff that is coming in. Like he wasn't like a ramrod, like, but he's just pawing with it. He's kind of leaning on the front foot, fainting on the front foot. He kind of has a style that doesn't suit his body, if that makes sense. Um, and his footwork, I thought, going side to side, he looked like one of those. I, this is going to sound like I sound like an asshole saying this shit, but just like an observation. Like he's, he looked like, you know, when you're doing a boxing drill and fellas are going around the cones and they're kind of moving their feet side to side. That's what he looked like when he was trying to be evasive. And someone that can cut the ring is not going to have too much trouble finding them, I don't think. Um, and even even with the fucking hand glued to his chin, he still shipped a lot of shots last night. So. Look, I don't. I, I think there's obviously there's pressure on him. He gets knocked out on on the undercard of the last Katie Taylor fight. If he loses last night, career is over. But it was a, it was a, it was a thin decision, wasn't it? Like I didn't. It was who you like, really. Like I don't, I don't know if it was um, a great performance from him, but I don't know, you know, what his level is anyway. So, um, but the kind of that was all forgave or all forgiven, uh, with the quality of the main event. Um, listen. You know, for the sake of reeking, don't ever listen to what the fuck I'm saying on Boxing Asylum and then try and base a, a prediction on it or a judgment because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I was I thought she was going to get beaten worse than she got it in the first fight, but um, what a performance! I mean, like, um, she didn't she didn't let Cameron back her to the ropes. She was slipping. She was countering the jab. She was arm locking. She was headbutting. She was using all her experience. She was having the last word. Um, and I thought, like, you know, controversial knockdown call aside, I still think she thought, I thought she'd done enough to win the fight. Maybe a lot of people had 6'4", six, six, maybe 9'3". If the knockdown, if you have it 6'4", then the knockdown makes it a, major, a, a draw and Cameron holds onto her belts. I'm sure she is bitterly, bitterly disappointed at losing her world title, but she is going to get the chance to make more money than she's ever made or any probably woman in her division can make. Um by having a rematch if they can get it at a bigger venue. I don't think it's going to be at Croke Park, but I do think it'll be at a bigger bigger stadium. Jamie Moore apparently said afterwards that he's not coming back to Dublin, so maybe they will do it somewhere else. I don't think, honestly, I don't think Croke Park is going to be doable, but um, it was an amazing night for her, and, and that was the kind of finale that you would have wanted to see her have. Now, I know she's going to have another fight, and she knows that's a potential uh, money spinner as well. And at 37, you kind of would want to see her retire, but... The performance last night was fucking sensational. Um, so many combinations and just using her experience and ring generalship to get through. And I thought Cameron, um, for the first four rounds, kind of let it slip away from her because she couldn't get into the fight. Down the stretch, I thought she I thought she abandoned the body work that worked so well for her in the first fight. And then down the stretch, she came on strong. But she's nothing to be ashamed of. It was a, a, a very close fight between two high-level women's fighters. And I liked that... Uh, Taylor, Taylor actually was a little bit more like the impression that I do of her last night post-fight where she had a bit of brashness about her and she was like, never rule me out. No, anyone that ever says anything about me, don't ever rule me out. They don't know me, those people. Um, and I thought she was fucking, she had a deserved moment is what I'd say about that card. So that was brilliant for Katie Taylor. Hopefully she doesn't carry on for too much longer and end up kind of losing. She's she's had a redemption here. Maybe they'll do the, the trilogy, maybe they won't. Maybe there'll be another Serrano fight. Maybe Baumgartner <laughs> maybe Baumgartner, who's recently presumed herself innocent, will uh, get a shot. Maybe at vindicated. Vindicated. I hear um, <laughs> for all those who were working on um, and helping me work on the free Obanov uh, campaign, it's actually after picking up a lot of steam because 
Um, we've had the judges ruling that she's uh, guilty of a brutal murder. Um, and it was a 99.9% match uh, to the DNA of the bat. But we've gone to an independent lab and they've come back and said there's a point what zero zero one chance that she didn't do it. And if the bat don't fit, you must acquit. You know what I mean? So uh, that's... <laughs> That campaign's picking up steam. We've declared her innocent, and we're going. To, we're expecting her to be let out of jail any day soon. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that one. But anyway, yeah, we get the bomb grinder later, I'm sure. But um, yeah, the the main card then in the states. I, again, don't listen to me. I was saying I thought Andrade would give uh, Benavidez a, t- a more difficult night. Obviously, he's not done up at 68. But Benavidez, we hear Steve. One of Steve's. Uh, favorite phrase, phrases is beating this guy the way he should beat him like you know we expect him to beat Andrade well alright he's got out and he's fucking smashed him up hasn't he like Buzzsaw cuts the ring Young throws a lot of punches doesn't really have abandons his defense he's a scary guy like and I really don't think Canelo's gonna fight him <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think that fight's gonna happen I think we get it we get something different from both of them but I think Benavidez could probably um Rain long at 68 and maybe go up to 75 along the way. In terms of Charlo versus Benavides, other Benavides, I need other Charlo and other Benavides. I didn't even watch that shit, man. I was like, he came in, what, three pounds over the weight or something. I just didn't watch that. Like, when I saw the result, I was like, I'm not watching that back. Like, I don't know how he looks, but um, maybe he's a in. But yeah, that's about as much as I saw. Can you not see Matias, Rob, no? No, 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 no! Oh, I haven't got to match killer, man. You got to get on board. No, no, no! I've heard, no, I've been, I've been looking at all. The, I've seen all the interviews and that, like, and just the clips. <laughs> but I haven't actually seen the the fight. Is where I had fucking so much shit to do today. But I, it's, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get to it for sure. It's worth people, it, man. It's good. Yeah, people are saying that like the only two people that could beat him are maybe Haney and Tank Davis. I don't know. I have to watch him. Like, yeah, I, I think you might actually enjoy uh, Roach versus Garcia. I, I think uh, there's something that the purest in you might uh, oh, don't inflict get that on him, Matty. Come on, he's only got up so many hours know. in the day. I don't know. What? What? Be like Andy and watch it at five times speed. <laughs> it's just like a big long episode of Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy, this is us. This is our life. Anyhow, let's see here. Do we have some questions or comments in there, Steve? Uh, yes, I think we did floating around. I can't remember what they are though, Matty. So it's oh, like the do. blind leading the blind here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got a few here. First one is from our friend Matt Butters, uh, who joined us on the call last week. Uh, said interested to hear what the lads think about the December twenty third card that's just been announced. People split on it being a good card with decent names versus just a bunch of mismatches backed by the Saudis. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on the card? And and also, real quick, I do want to say to our good friend, uh, Beat Bob Boot, we will certainly get to your discussion about the Usyk and Fury uh, press conference and all that too. Uh, no, freeze, mate, Matt. No, we, we we'll take care of you, buddy. Last week was insane. Um, well, let's be fair. It's uh, it's, it's it's good on paper. Um, there is a certain fight, shall we say that. Just didn't feel me any great hope. I mean, like Bivol against Arthur, there's, there's got negativity written all over it. Um, Hergovic against Demure, absolute trash. That one is um, trash for sure. That is absolute shite. Um, Kabayel, Mahmoudov. Um, look, Mahmoudov, we all know he's, what he is. Kabayel, we've discussed it. I think we discussed it last week, actually. Jayo uh, Pataya, I don't know if this is his first fight, fight back since the Breda's fight, possibly. No, remember he fought uh, 
Is he fought in, Yeah, he fought in, in the UK like a month and a half oh, ago. Oh, that's right. I, and plus, I, I think he's also been told he's got to rematch. <coughs> Jordan, Jordan Thompson, was it? Was that who he fought? That's it, Jordan Thompson. That makes sense. Uh, and then you, if you've got the card, that, I'm just trying to look at the wee bit objectively in that as well. Daniel Dubois against Jarrell Miller. Again, Miller, we all know his history, and Dubois is really at a crossroads. He's got to win. There's no question about it. Wilder, Parker, we've, we've said this before, and that about Parker, it's a, it's, it's a tough ask. But also as well, where's, where's Wilder at? You know, we've got to ask these questions about Wilder. He's not been seen since the Elenius fight one round. I mean, I think he's fought, it wasn't, it wasn't even, I think it was one full round in how many years? Two years, three years? Yeah, easily two years, isn't it, for me? So, again. He seems like he stays in the gym quite a bit, though. Well, that as well. But you also need to factor in the, you know, those three Fury fights. I mean, we're just questioning as well, you know, has has that has those three Wilder fights taken out of Fury? We asked that question after the Ngannou fight. Um, we're now asked the same, same thing about Wilder after the Fury fight. He took a lot of punishment. He got stopped in two of those, took a lot of uh, punishment, as I says. I don't think Parker's the guy to ask that question, though. Yeah, yeah. true. Parker's been over over the course. And mm. then here we go, Joshua against Wallen. Now, Wallen, decent fighter. We discussed it last week as well, though. Gaziev, he can be very negative. He can go in the back foot. And if he does that, I think Joshua could end up getting to him at some point. So look, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good card. And it could deliver fireworks. There could be knockouts galore. Hopefully that's what we get. But as I say, there's at least two or three fights on that card and that they're like, nah, I'm not interested. And there's a few opponents on other fights of the card just don't deserve a chance, a.k.a. Miller. Um, and Demore against Hergovic is just, as I say, is just trash and that. And as I say, I've got no, I've got no interest against Bivol against Arthur. I mean, what a nothing fight. Absolute nothing fight. Um, I am not want to take it away from Arthur. That's a great opportunity for him. And, but you go for Bivol against the uh, Beterbiev to to this to, to you know you want to see him in with the best really at this point. He's Bivol's been out for over a year as well. Exactly, you want to see him in with the top you know top fighters at this point now. I mean, there's 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 the same with Beterbiev. It's just you know this it's it's the missing link of the division. It's the missing fight. This fight just needs to happen because it's it would just be like the one key player in the division. In fairness to the Saudis, who are a great bunch of lads, and His Excellency uh, Turkey. That we always thank, yeah. That we always thank. Shout out to His Excellency. Um, it looks like they're just doing this like a kind of a warm up of things to come, isn't it? It's like a trailer. I I, I bet that um, we see Batarbiev and Bivol on one of these Saudi cards as a as like a big event. I think they're going to be putting on. I don't know where the fuck I'm getting this from. It's just a hunch, like, but I just think we will see that down the line. They're like giving you a taster, like you're seeing Joshua, you're seeing Wilder, you got Fury, you got Usyk, like the the. They're laying out the foundations for what's going to come, almost like tournament-style boxing. Uh, well, allegedly, as we mentioned last week, you know the Saudis has said, look, I don't know if they picked the fighters or whatever it was, or maybe they picked the key, the key, you know, headliners. But the way Eddie put it across, they were told X amount of weeks, get it together, get around the table, get it discussed, part of the egos, get it seen to, and here we have it. So, as Rob says, if if this is a tester, it's okay, it's good, you know. Um, we're getting fights happening that otherwise it probably wouldn't have happened because obviously we'd, I think someone's a call for a while against Joshua before we'd want to see Wilder against Joshua so if this is the precursor for potentially 
Joshua against Wilder, and this is what we're going to go through, then I'm, I'm happy with that. And if we can get Fury, Yuzik, uh, top of the bill for a Wilder-Joshua fight, you know, that would be, that'd be absolutely ideal. I think, Andy, it's a precursor, but a precursor to something that nobody's seen here. I think if Joshua gets past Wallin, which I think he will do, and Miller were to upset Dubois, I think they're going to revisit that in Easter. You know, they'll be back in Saudi with Joshua against Uriel Miller. That's what I think they'll do. Oh, fuck me. Just come to me, man. I can just see it, you know. Oh, shit. And Wilder uh, beats Parker. They're sticking with him. Somebody else, maybe. I don't know. Who say, I'd say if any was still in, calling the shots in this situation, you might be right. But I'd say the Saudis are going to be like, fucking get this guy out before somebody else knocks him out. We need this fucking Wilder fight. Well, yes. Body, baby. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd tell you what you could really uh, do with an upset on this card. Actually. If you had to pick an upset, which fight would you want it to be? Um, I want to hear my one. Go, Go for it, yeah. I want, I want to see Hergovic get beat because he's just <laughs> going to end up on the hill. Put Midori back in the mix. Let's get him in the mix. <laughs> yeah, but he's never going to get that opportunity, man. Hergovic is only like, he's, he's like, he's just, yeah, Hergovic seems like he's fucking, he's like, yeah, he's holding up the heavyweight division a bit with that manager's position, isn't it? Like, nobody wants to see him fight. They love that, though, wouldn't they? Imagine they'd be racing to try and get Dimori in next. Yeah, I know, that's the thing. He upset Hergovic, he's a threat, Coogs. It was like 18 months ago, remember, they've been doing the the list of IBF challenge for Hergovic. Not one wanted to fight. No interest. Fuck that shit. Don't want him. No chance. No No fucking fight him. There's no way. I think they've got, like, number 14 to fight him. So, the ideal is to knock him off, sack him off, send him down the road. Fuck you. Thanks very much, I want him to win. Or Junior Far, he's another one. Get rid of him. Did Parker beat him? Yes. And uh, Lucas Brown knocked him out. That's the level he's, he's at. Yeah, I think it was last fight, wasn't it? Far, I think. Unless he might have fought Oof. since. Oh, he's fought since. He's he's on the winning trail, Andy. He beat Tussie Asafo, Norton Pussy. Six. Pussy who? <laughs> Pussy galore. Yeah, Tussie Asafo, Norton seven, all seven losses by knockout. So he's <laughs> consistent. Consistency yeah. is oh, key here, He lost to Conrad Lamb as well, who who once weighed in at five hundred pounds. Oh, and he lost in a round to David Light. Do you remember him? Wait a minute. This, this, this junior fat also went ten rounds with Dominic Gwynn. Got a decision 98, 91 on two yeah. cars, but also got dropped in the fourth round. Dominic Gwynn. Oh my God. Sorry. The Southern disaster. I feel like I took us off the line, Matty, here. Sorry. Oh, it's still unfitting with the question, I suppose, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I know I said it last week, and these guys are a great bunch of lads. Um, but, like, if they're going to start calling, like, think about it this way um, Otto Volling versus Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder versus Josh, uh, versus Joe Parker, and fucking Daniel Dubois versus. Jarrell, Big Baby Miller are all mm-hmm. on their own. Probably two of them could be pay-per-view if they're going by the old Sky standards in that way. Yeah. Or headliners. Yeah. They're all headline fights in their He's own right. right. And you're having like five or six headliners fighting on the same yeah. bill. That's pretty good. Like if, especially mm-hmm. if they're going to start matching them more evenly on these kind of cards going forward. That's good shit. Like that's good, isn't it? I agree with Rob. I'm looking forward to it. I know that the matches on paper are like, oh, so-and-so should beat him and that. But the fact is a couple of days before Christmas, Matty, get in there. Nice post-fight pod for us as well. A decent time for the fights. I- I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be all right. Could also maybe even do the year end. Nah, do that on Sunday, I suppose. Nah. Christmas Eve. We did a show Christmas Eve, boys. We'll do one for Christmas Day, like we did before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any excuse to not be around people. 
Yeah, no, definitely uh, anything to fucking just get the Mrs. Moore offside. They fucking couldn't wait to get home from work today to fucking tell. I thought you said Katie Taylor was going to lose that fight. I said, fucking shut up. We need a whole fucking box. He was there. Fucking Bucky's underdog. It wasn't just me. Like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, there you go. Thank you for that question there, Mr. Butters. Let's see here from Holt. Yeah, Michael First. Thompson's saying that Arthur's apparently injured, by the way. The who is? London Arthur. Oh. He's, had hand, he's had hand problems in the past, hasn't he? Right. Yeah, that's probably the what's best thing. Michael? Let, us, let us know in the chat there, mate, what's, been, what's happening. You just, I'm sure he said that. Arthur is injured as well. So. That's probably the best thing that could happen to him. Holt asks, uh, boxing seems to be in the gutters at this moment. Nobody fighting each other for their ABC belts. With the Olympics, Olympics fiasco, no real talent coming through. Just seems dire. Definitely paper thin. British boxing has definitely deteriorated. But I suppose it swings in roundabouts. We've had Crawford Spence, for instance. But are there any prospects of it being on the up or just ever more on the slide? You know what it feels like? What? It feels like when when we had that couple, that like kind of two-month window where we had uh, Ryan Garcia versus Tank and we had Crawford versus Spence and we had Loma versus Haney. It was like when they lifted the lockdown for like six weeks and then put you back in lockdown when you just thought shit was going to get better and you're like, shit, I'm back out about it. And they're like, uh-uh, sorry, lads, fucking, what you call it? A variant, you better get back in the fucking house. This is what it feels like. I think, as I've said in previous episodes, I think that the promoters are going to be forced to to work together and 2024 is going to be a banner year. Steve, what are you thinking? Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to be glass half full kind of guy now. And I think 2023 has been good, man. I've had loads of big fights. And ordinarily, I do think they eventually do get made. Sometimes they pass their sell-by date. But yeah, the the boxing, boxing is dead, but it always manages to survive. Although there are a few little things which do make you sort of say off at me. You know, sort of, different promoters getting involved, Showtime's deal ending, and you do st- you, you worry about these things, but they, it always finds a way to slip through. And, and as long as two young fellas want to have a fight, or two young ladies these days want to have a scrap, someone will be there to televise it. So, yeah, boxing Don't will... Don't them, Steve. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, uh, Andy, what are you thinking? Uh, can you, of all people, find some light at the end of the tunnel? Saying to Steve that today, actually, there is a. It's just. It's well, Rob's right. There we have had these kind of like meaningful fights, but um, you look at the landscape. Actually, there's there's not much coming through. Though I did spot one coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Maybe went under the radar a little bit. I was saying to Steve uh, that Albert Bathagazayev against the uh, Laszlo Alvarez for mm-hmm. Cuba. Yeah, Cuba against Russia for you know it's, it's some a IBA but It's a decent enough fight, but. We kind of mentioned, touched it before in terms of like, so you know, who is going to be the flagship fighter in the coming, say, like the next five years? Um, nothing really kind of popped up through the amateur so far, at least. I mean, I don't mean to say anything kind of can't kick through. I mean, the next Olympics is next year. Um, we are seeing a lot of kind of like so, like, we call them pro arms, basically, like guys like Jalalov, who's kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Um, Gonzalez against Estrada, they're they're kind of like talking about a third fight, which sorry a fourth fight. Fourth we don't fight. really need to see it. Um, NUA seems to have went off not so much off the boil, but you know what I mean in terms of like so like regularity having his fights. He's not really fighting as much. Um, he's fight. He's on Boxing Day and he against Tapales, I think. Have they uh, confirmed that? Yeah. 
Fury and Music haven't got much time left. Once they two fight, if they have a rematch, possibly, then you can see them leaving in the next couple of years. Josh Taylor's, I would say, is ready for the road out, possibly. Crawford's, I mean, Crawford's looking for a Charlo fight. If that might be a Spence rematch, if it's possible. I'm just trying to think, like, some other meaningful fights we've got. I mean, obviously, Canelo Benavides is the next one that we all want to see. We want to see the heavyweight fight. And Baterbiev Bivol. I think that's the three main fights I can think of off the top of my head that, as boxing fans, are the most meaningful fights that can happen. But in terms of, like, some big stuff, I mean, Eddie will try and tell us about Eubank. Ben, shite, nobody wants to see that anymore. Um, the mayor, they try to flog that to us, not you know. And the mayor, they, they that's the only thing. Made. That's that's a stone. That's a stonewaller for the casuals, though. That's a stonewall center. For I know, mate, but I think more so after the high breeding. Uh, yeah, but I think see the thing for me is because it's taking so long to get Ben cleared in the UK, they kind of get the fight made right, and the longer it takes to get made. Yeah, the true. longer, the longer the reminder is in the public mind as to why this fight hasn't happened because he's for the drugs test, and I still think if he's no fighting by the, by the, this time next year, it's clear that he's serving a two-year ban, and mm. this has to come out publicly. But and again, Ben, Ben isn't it? Ben is the pay-per-view star to take over in the future. Shakur Stevenson really stunk it up, you know. <laughs> so kind of think, Badly. Think, you know what I'm saying? Lojas were kind of thinking, well, okay, this could be the kid. Progress flatter to deceive. He's top big, delivered on nothing. Matias, you know, very interesting, very dangerous Great fighter. I'll tell you what, hold on. Do you talk about a fight that they can make next year that's that's intriguing if you know the best don't fight the best as far as you know the ones we're recognizing in a way? Tank versus Matias, that's a fucking fight. That's, that's a, a great fight. fight. But we're going to get well, Shaku against Richardson Hitchens, probably, yeah. instead. <laughs> of course, of course, another one you through there who was supposed to take over. You know who I'm talking about. Our man, Tiafimo Lopez. He's, got he's two taking over the globe, apparently. Two, two quality ta- wins on his record, and he hasn't, the, he's failed to capitalise on any of them. The take-a-break. He's he's uh, he was he's not the we know he's not the sharpest tool in the drawer, is he? Like, but he, he was asked last night by somebody ringside uh, at the Benavides fight. And what's his future plans? And why did he turn down the Ryan Garcia fight? And he was like, because he only offered me 1.5 million and he brings all these sponsors to the table. He's like, so yeah, I turned down his offer. He's like, but it doesn't matter because I'm taking this global, you know, it's going to be a team takeover global. He goes, I'm going to go to see my fans in Italy and I've got a load of fans in Africa. <laughs> so Tio's bigger all over the globe than you thought. <laughs> He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. Don't, don't write him off just yet. Yeah, I, that there you go. If you've been worried about uh, all the coups in Africa and the warfare, Tiafimo Lopez is going to be there, and he will save it all. It's part of the takeover, global peace. Maybe they could send his dad as a diplomat. <laughs> uh, send him over to Sierra Leone. I'd be C- on CMB's <laughs> comment there about, about Bam against uh, Son Edwards about being a good fight. It's an interesting one, by the way. And I think. Um, yeah, it's a good fight. I think. But in terms of like, how good it will be, it really depends how good uh, Rodriguez I'll, is. A really I'll give him credit for that, though, Andy, because it's good intentions. Even if it turns out to be a shit fight, I'll say, well, that's okay. It was a well-intentioned, mm-hmm. made fight. Like A lot of people would criticise Showtime in the past and say, oh, this turned out to be a stinker. But on paper, it was a good fight. So if it's well-intentioned, I'll give him a pass. I'm sure they'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> That's a good one there, Holt. Uh, some of us more positive than others. Let's see here. Michael Thompson. 
not sure if this has come up recently, but who do you think are some fighters that had the longest primes? Maybe Floyd when he was pretty boy or Hopkins when he had all his middleweight defenses. Yeah, I mean, definitely those two. Um, I Archie Moore, I guess you'd have to argue considering the longevity of his career. Um, trying to think uh, of some other guys that had a lot of Archie Moore on the zone. <laughs> um, you know, Hagler. 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 Hagler was fighting at a very high level, level for a while. Yep. Duran, Chavez. You know, about prime, though. The likes of Hopkins were just sort of fiddling their way through for years. I wouldn't say he was his prime. Well, I, nice I, I, I would <laughs> say who, like, when you're talking about, like, there's not much deviation from, like, from A to a yeah, long D. Fair, fair enough. Hagler's a good example. Uh, yeah. Because he had whatever fucking what was this nineteen defenses yeah. or something yeah, was that? Very consistent, yeah. Um it's good quite fires yeah, fires primes can be flash in the pan, like. Um I would say Parnell Whitaker was at the top for yeah, about for a decade. Very, for a very long time, yeah. I think yeah. Trinidad Trinidad from welterweight all the way up through light middleweight. He had a lot of defenses and a lot of good fights, and then obviously got picked up by B uh, Picked off by B Hop, but during his prime, he's he, he, he had about a decade. He had about a decade, almost yeah, a decade. I That's the thing. But, yeah. What about Roy? Canelo's had a good prime. In fairness to him, but Roy maybe he did in about it. Roy as well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, he had about he had about twelve years as a reigning titleist at one weight or another, didn't he? Because when, so when did fifty four to seventy five. Mike McCallum, what a fighter, man! What a fighter! Oh my god. Like those fights with Tony, by the way, for the listeners, for the younger listeners, you want to go back and watch some fucking science and violence. Go watch McCallum Tony, couple yeah, of fights, would, fucking high level shit. Go, mm-hmm. I go and go watch McCallum against uh, McCallum against Callum Bay as well. I get the fight. Some Calamba, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was a great. Actually, do you know what? Uh, Michael Watson gave him a good fight up to a point. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that as well. That was yeah, it was just the body shots killed him um, in the end. I think yeah. I'm right yeah. in saying the, the three fights against James Tony were three different weights, weren't they? Right I think James had three different weights during each fight. <laughs> <laughs> what about Marquez? Yeah. Well, Certainly he had a strange prime, didn't he? Like, because Marquez struggled coming up to forty-seven badly against Floyd the first time, and then came back, and his back looked like the fucking gable end of my shed <laughs> with all fucking acne marks over it and all that. It was, I must yeah, have though. And, and, and he knocked out the guy with lats like Bruce Lee, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I must admit though, right? See, see, uh, two things about Marquez. He came back well after the the Chris John defeat, right? And he changed up his style a wee bit as well. You see that Pacquiao knockout, right? <laughs> the, a video appeared the day after him and Sparn for that fight, and he knocked out a Sparn partner with the identical Red fucking shot. punch, mate. The no identical way. shot. He fucking <laughs> did. I wish I could fucking keep it. Oh, he timed him perfectly, but I think... Fucking timed it. Do you know what? Apart from the timing was the biggest factor in that. Is that the two of them had taken so much juice that after fucking four fights in the ring together that Marquez's back was so fucking big and Pacquiao's head was so big he couldn't miss it. He had timed that shot loads of times. He just missed him in the other fights. Like the HTH target fucking damn that. Oh, that was a brutal knockout. Though. I thought see, Pacquiao was dead. Thought he was dead Mar- when I saw that. I will ask, man. See Marquez at one thirty five, man. He he was surgical. Like oh, he was surgical. See that Casemiro fight. He sliced this. Oh. Oh, he's a brilliant fighter. He's a fucking brilliant fighter. Brilliant fighter. I actually have um, one of my mates got me a 
signed photo of him and him and Pacquiao. I have it somewhere. I don't know where the fuck it is, but I have it anyway. Yeah, good question there, uh, Mr. Thompson. There's going to be a blatant fucking one that we've missed there, like, isn't there? Like, the fucking, there's going to be oh, a really... Fu- like, Joe Lewis. The Joe Lewis probably had the best prime, didn't he? Like, uh, think about probably. It. I missed heavy in defence. Uh, I bum in the month club. Well, yeah, he yeah. got screwed by World War II. Klitschko, you could throw Klitschko in there. He had yeah. a like, Yes, in. very long prime. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Bob Foster, a light heavyweight, he was a champion. He had some amount of defences. And I'm going to throw in Alexis Aguero. I think when he was a three-weight world champion, I forget how many defences he made or how many fights he had at these three weights as champion, but he never lost a fight and he never lost a title on the ring. Chavez as well, obviously. Chavez, him already. Uh-huh. There you go. So, uh, that was the one you were looking for. Uh, if we didn't yeah. hit him, that was the one you are looking for. Uh-huh. All right, got one from Joe Kennedy here. Mike Silver in the arc of boxing argues the fighters of today are less skilled, less experienced, and less crafty than the fighters of before, primarily due to lack of ring activity and the dying out of classic boxing trainers and the knowledge they hold. After seeing Tyson Fury labor to a points winner of win over a debutante, would the panel be inclined to agree? Would Jersey Joe Walcott or Archie Moore, etc., have had an issue dealing with Nganu, or would the difference in skill, craft, and experience be too great? That's a good it's, question there. It's too, it's too, I tell you what, it's too difficult a question to answer because the size of the biggest men in the world were a lot smaller than the biggest men in the world today. Like fucking Rocky Marciano's 13 stone knocking out Jersey Joe Walcott by today's standards, it'd be fucking cruiserweights at best, light heavyweights. Uh, like it's not, you can't compare, like you have to kind of fucking imagine them as fucking six foot four versions of themselves. I don't know. Like it's fucking, I think those fighters would be in the argument about it. Like, Against anybody their own weight in history, um, like those Jersey Joe Walcott, Archie Moore had beautiful styles to watch. Like if you fucking, I sound like an old head now, like or whatever talking about fucking fighters from back in the day when footage is bad, but you can tell even from the footage that they were fucking tremendous fighters. Like Ezra Charles, another one, like but another light guy, like eleven and eleven stone six or something fighting for the heavyweight title. So I don't know, like I don't know. Well, what kills you with the uh, with trying to judge some of those old uh, fighters and how skilled they were is the camera capture speeds just weren't necessarily enough to catch the nuance of their movements. It's kind of like uh, Bruce Lee had to slow down his kicks just for them to be able to capture them properly. And you're talking, I mean, Enter the Dragon was 1973. Um, so, I mean, it shows you uh, it, it's, it's so tough to judge based on video footage. Um, you said out of a comic book, buddy. <laughs> you always, I always feel like as if, obviously you don't, you don't. Did you really get that know. reference to these? Quotes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, did. I didn't. Shout out to I, William. <laughs> I didn't, Mister Handman. Uh, you always feel like the older guys, the Robinsons, and that, as if they were better conditioned. We're not saying they necessarily were, but you always think they are. Like you know, the fifteen rounders hacking down trees, trees picking up tires, and they, they were fighting every couch. week, 20 rounds back in the old, old, you know, that you feel like they were better conditioned. I think it's not hard to see from even the footage available to Robinson that he would have fucking dealt on anyone yeah. around his way when yeah, he's like 38, 35, 36 years of age with the footage that you're seeing, like, and even the footage of him, like, skipping, you ever see the footage of him skipping and shit? Like, and if you give him the benefit of today's juice and nutrition, yeah. you would have had to think he would have fucking... <laughs> And his IQ and stuff, like the way he was fucking, the way he used to set up knockouts, he was yeah, light years ahead of his time. Cutting weight, man. Cutting weight uh-huh. and just didn't eat and didn't drink water. Fucking just sat and sweated yeah. it out, man. It was fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. 
Sh- Sugar Royd Robinson. You don't, you, don't know if, <laughs> you don't know if some of the guys as well were just anomalies or whether it was a product of the time, Andy, but like Salvador Sanchez, man, I mean, he legitimately got stronger as 15 round yeah. fights went on, man. His stamina was just insane. I remember Breadman Edwards, me and you done a, pod, a punches from the past on that, and Breadman was saying like he's probably the most well-conditioned fighter he's ever seen. Yeah, he was just one of the phenomenal talents, mate. Just one of the, you know, genuine. When you say like, he just got stronger as the fight went on. His his conditioning was absolutely phenomenal. I think also as well, he was maybe you know helped with the fact that was where he where he where he was born or where he stayed and grew up. And that it was quite high altitude. High altitude, well. yeah. yeah that's so right. it really kind of benefited him as well when he came into sea level. You have to th- you have to think as well like the the time um, has an influence on. The mentality and the fighters like you're going back in times like steve said tough times like you know all the immigrant stories of the fighters in america that came to america like the italian fighters the jewish fighters the irish fighters like the climate in which they're fighting in mm. and becoming fighters in henry armstrong these kind of guys like from cherokee indian backgrounds and slave background like the shit they're having to overcome compared to these fighters like you can't imagine i can't imagine one fighter today maybe crawford to have the same kind of killer instinct as Marvin Hagler where he wouldn't even fucking talk to the sparring partners you ever, <laughs> you ever heard those stories mm-hmm. Hagler wouldn't talk to sparring partners because he didn't want to get friendly with him because he always wanted to maintain a fucking killer edge in the ring like that's shit that you're born with I think rather than or you get it from somewhere like rather than I think it's more rare that in today's era like for, it's hard to have that mm-hmm. fucking you don't want to talk to your sparring partner when you're like mates with him on TikTok and that like you know it's fucking folk have 10 different. fights and think they're the best yeah. in the world man I yeah. love it Fucking hell! You had like guys like you know you mentioned Hagler having to go to court trying to get fucking title fights because he was getting he was getting swerved because he was he was black a southpaw and too fucking good for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Matty says as well, Andy, about these Mexicans who come over to beat Eddie's prospects all the time. You know they're cut from a different cloth, man. They're getting battered yeah. and sparring. They're fighting literally to eat a lot of the time. It's a different yeah. mentality. Yeah, isn't they, they didn't have any of the cushy amateur upbringing like they did in Team GB, where they've got their kind of fancy flats. Now these poor bastards are fucking in sweat boxes, day in, day out, month in, month out, and trying to just just get the scraps off the tables, hoping for an opportunity, hoping for a phone call, and then when it comes, they could fucking take it, and you know. They say this is what we keep saying about these Mexicans. Sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes and you got to respect them at all times because mm-hmm. sometimes they're just a bit more hungrier than you. But you come for your paddy lifestyle, you know. Hey, when was the last time a fighter just put on some combat boots and went to the beach? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of it's a choice, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I think going back to Joe's... These days question. they put on combat boots, but they take a fucking picture on Instagram you know, from Captain <laughs> Andres and their head looking down and that. Like, yeah, Hashtag like, combat yeah. boots. Yeah. <laughs> Forever yeah. get to my dreams, drilled mindset or something. You know what I mean? Some, yeah. some bullshit like that. You know, Steve's mentioned some of those Sanchez. I forget <laughs> the actual, you know, the amount of defences again, but was it something, Steve, like seven, eight defences in the first 18 months as champion? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's 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 unheard of these days. Exactly. Like, against top of, top fighters. Aye, against the top fighters yeah. and that as well. Yeah. But well, uh, Mike Mike Silver's a good writer. Going back to Joe's original question, Matt, he's a he's a Jewish writer. He does a lot of things on the old Jewish fighters and stuff. And I suppose you got Pete Rademacher, hasn't it, back in the day, fighting on his Ali, debut, yeah. coming in, and you know there are there are things in history, um, where where this has happened uh, in the past. There you go. That was another good question. Thank you very much. Joe Kennedy. Now we can get to. Uh, I really wanted to touch on this for Beep Bop Boop. Didn't want to to not do him right for super chats, but uh, we did have 
the announcement for Fury versus Usyk going to be happening in February. Um, definitely a diminished Tyson Fury after what we saw against Nganu. And the odds just uh, keep tightening, tightening away from being in favor of Tyson Fury and towards even. Um, I, I don't know, Andy. This is, um, you know, it's the thing is, the one thing that Nganu has that, that Usyk doesn't have is is size, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's a big guy, and, and Fury in the clinch didn't matter to him. So I still hesitate to get away from my initial thoughts on this fight of a good big man being a good little man. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, as I say, I think uh, most of us would would probably say that Fury would win the fight, but again, it does. You know, it's all either you're only as good as your last fight. Both have had their moments of vulnerability. They haven't looked good in the last the last fight, shall we say? Um, but I think Usyk called it. I think, I think Usyk said it right in that as well. I don't think Fury approaches the fight against Usyk in the manner of what he did against uh, Nganu. I don't really believe that Fury was in fully top fighting shape. Um, he probably trained. Well, I'm not questioning that, but whether he trained properly is another matter. And that, I mean, the fucking amount of people who had hanging around about him as well during that was 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 quite incredible. Usyk seems to go about his business quite quite quietly. I suspect he'll be ready in that as well, but. Uh, I, I, I still maintain. I, I just think with, with, with Usyk's movement, his legs. I, I think he does cause Fury a load of issues. Whether he can find the moments to actually tag Fury, pass his long reach, and deal with the clinches, and that—that that is going to be where it's where it's where he's going to have to. Oh, he's strong enough. In that I, I, I suspect he'll, he'll, he'll have his moments where he's going to dig in in that as well, but grapple with Fury. Um, and I suspect Fury will try and get dirty in that as well. You know, we, we saw him throwing the elbows against Nganu. Um, we saw him kind of get dirty with Cunningham on the inside in that as well when he was struggling a little bit. So, you know, it's a fight at the end of the day, and Usyk's got to be wary of that. And I dare say, after Fury's watched the, the Usyk against the Dubois fight, I would imagine that he's going to try and drop a few, maybe, you know, borderline shots, shall we say. Uh, to see how much music's want to kind of take it run about the body. Andy, just on that, sorry to interrupt you, but I forgot to mention this earlier. You know, in about the second round of Andrade Benavides last night, they didn't mm-hmm. show a replay, but I went back and watched it again. Andrade got caught with a very similar shot, you know, to what Usyk did against Dubois yeah. on the belt line. And he was trying to take a load of shots to the referee. Yeah, wasn't right. really buying it, I don't think, but it was very similar, actually. Probably. And then the referee kind of then said, "Oh, wait, okay, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute." And that thing, I just, I just think that with that, this type of fight, I think the referee would buy it. To be fair, but look, it's a, it's an interesting one. I, I, I don't think it's. Let's say I, I think Fury could win, but I don't think it's it's clear cut as what some might make it out to be. Um, Saying that I've been totally wrong in the past, and that's so just don't listen to me. But I, I, I just think I, I keep harping back to the Cunningham fight. I just think with the, with the movement, Fury's a mighty himself. He has struggled with, with a guy with his movement, sizey on him. He was very, very slippery. Music is has has and he can be quite, you know, quite ferocious when he has to be. And I suspect of uh, Fury talking all the trash. Now I think music might, you know, might, 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 just might, just might go for it a little bit. Uh, we'll, it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm, I see. I'm going with Fury, but I, I want to see Usyk win at the, at the same time. But we'll, we'll hold fire on the, on the predictions to a later date. 
Yes, we can do that. Let's see here. Um, you know, uh, going to the press conference, I didn't see much of it. Uh, uh, Steve, I, I don't the know. The usual shite, though, wasn't it? I, I don't know, Steve, if you caught any of it. But uh, but uh, Fury's attire uh, took me back to an old Robin Williams line uh, saying, uh, dressed in a way that would even make a uh, blind gay man go, dear Christ, what do you think this is, carnival? Um <laughs> So uh, uh, the Gypsy King, loud as ever uh, in more ways than one. Uh, but you can't take anything from it. That's just who he is. This is, um, uh, I, I didn't really, for the little bits I catch, I, I didn't catch much different from Tyson Fury. Maybe a little bit humbled. Mm, no, I, I didn't really catch too much, to be honest. Uh, just clips on social media. But uh, as someone who was attending the Fury press conferences back in the day, his, his stick and his sort of, Put down lines haven't changed in the guts of 14, 15 years since he turned pro. And it is getting a bit tired and a bit boring now. Um, it's not so much off the cuff. And he was a bit of a comedian and a singer back in the day. But he's just become a bit repetitive for me, I think. And let's just get this fight out of the way. I think it'd be better for boxing if Usyk won the fight. Um, just from a personal point of view, because Fury's been doing my head in. But if he goes out there, beats him, dominates him or wins in any form, you have to give him his props, man. As, the, as the, the best fighter of the generation. Let's just get it made. The fact that Eddie and Frank have sat down at a table together to put on this day of reckoning gives me hope that things can be made after Usyk Fury as well. But th- everything's falling into place as usual. Strong 2024. Let's get a good, wholesome decision so we know who the winner is and who the best man in the heavyweight division is. And we can just draw that line under the era. We don't want another Lewis Bow situation, so let's just hope it happens again. You never know with these characters until they're in the ring as to whether they will actually fight each other. But yeah, I'm leaning to Fury still at the moment. I think the Ngarno thing was an anomaly. We've we've been through that before, about him taking him lightly and all. But just the size, really. I think skill for skill, toughness for toughness. Uh, they're both happy to go in there and slug it out and do a bit of shithousing if necessary. I just think the size and the, the flexibility and durability down the stretch of Fury, especially with landing those body shots and leaning on Usyk, still stands. And I think that'll just be the edge for him. But would I be surprised if Usyk won? Absolutely not. And I probably would, would hope he would win out the two, but I think you, you can't look past Fury. And let, let's get them in the ring and we'll, we'll take it from there. Yep. Hopefully it does happen. Uh, Rob, go to you last on this. Uh, do, you, do you appreciate the theatrics as part of just being entertainment or are you just kind of, is this just kind of gotten old for you and, and you're ready for in the ring, get this shit out of the way? Um, yeah. I want nothing more until, until the bell goes ding. Uh, I've, been a ma- I've been a massive fan of Tyson Fury for his whole career. I was one of the few that predicted that he beat Klitschko. I rooted for him. Um, I thought he'd never get back to the ring. I never sung his praises high, highly enough for when he for the performance he put in in the first Wilder fight to climb up off the deck. Second one was even better with Sugar Hill. That was the best version of him, I think, that, that second night against Wilder. And the best version of Tyson Fury beats the best version of Alexander Usyk at heavyweight for me. But... I don't know if you're going to get the best version of Tyson Fury. Um, I think the entourage is too big. I think there's too much going on in the background. This Netflix documentary, his books, his fucking charity singles. And he's able to do all that shit out of canter and beat Derek Chisora like a heavy bag and flatten Dillian White. I think he gets too much um, pelters for the Dillian White fight. He was mandated, like, Dillian White went to court over that. Like, they were supposed to, that just held up and fucking held up the Joshua fight, didn't it? Like, fucking, or he had that maybe in between the second Wilder fight or the third Wilder fight, was it? But whatever whatever way it happened, um, um, Dillian White fucking mandated, was mandated by the WBC and he was going to sue them, so he had to get his shot. 
Um, then Wilder took the fucking, nobody wanted to see the third Wilder fight, but Wilder went to court to get that one next. So it's not all Tyson Fury's fault for the way the state of the heavyweight division. However, just to go back to the talking, I'm a fan of that when you're backing it up. But when the fights are not happening, it just becomes tired. Like, and when it's all off the back of like, it seemed like all those con- those conversations that we're having, like you better sign the deadline before five. We didn't know what the fuck was happening. And meantime, he's on a Netflix documentary and it's just content for that. Like, you know what I mean? And that's the highest selling show on Netflix. It's going to be renewed obviously for a second season. So there's a lot of other factors at stake. So to say all that, to say this, I think Usyk's in a better position mentally. I think, look, I don't want to, like, you got to, you're in a position these days at high level, high level athletics across the board, across every discipline that there's suspicions around all the performing, high performing athletes. But I have my own suspicions around Usyk and the size of him and his inactivity and his taking time, him dictating when he takes time off and they're saying he's injured and this, that and the third. So look, I don't know what that means and, and everything, but um, I know Fury and that were making kind of allegations in the in the background about something with, with Usyk. Um, now, look, obviously none of that's going to come out the fight sign now or whatever. Like, and I'm not saying that, that there's anything I miss. I just have my own kind of um, thoughts on the situation with Usyk. I think he's a brilliant fighter. I think he can pro- pose Fury problems with his elusiveness. I think he can slip a lot of shots. I think he can make him miss a lot of time. But I think ultimately a big fit version of Fury should be able to to either stink out the joint or or stop Usyk late, maybe to the body. Like, I just think he's too fucking big for him. Like, And I saw, like, times when when Derek Chisora imposed his size on Usyk, although, like, he was never in danger of losing the fight, looked extremely uncomfortable. When Joshua was able to put him on the back foot a couple of times, he just, he had him gone and he didn't know how to finish because he's a big ham um, I think if Fury got him in a similar position, he might at least drop him or get him out of there. I think Dubois had him hurt. Whether you think it's a low blow or not, I thought it was borderline. Like I, I thought it was borderline that night. Like and he was using his experience a little bit, not saying that that would have stopped the fight. But I think it's a different proposition if you're in against Fury. And I just think Fury edges it. I just think Fury's just going to be too much for him. And I've always said that, so I'll stick to it. I can't see, like, what's the method of victory for Usyk? Is he not knocking him out? Like, so he drops him a couple of times and wins on points. That's feasible, I guess. Can he win eight rounds out of 12? Yeah, maybe, like, maybe. In a, It's going to be a horrible fight if that happens like that. Like, but Usyk won't care. Um, I think you have to use a lot of, lot of lateral movement, a lot of tying up. But that's going to take so much out of him. I just can't, I don't know. I just can't see a way that Lucy beats Fury. Like, I'm going to say Fury. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going the long way, but I'm just going to say Fury. Yeah, I'm Fury light is, is my hunch. Um, so, but we'll get more into that as we get along. Uh, and I uh, hope you catch that there, Mr. Beep Bop Boop uh, from your super chat last week. Let's see here. And uh, let's get into the cards coming up. Uh, there's a small handful of them. Uh, gonna have a pro box card Wednesday night from the States, Thursday morning for you guys. When you wake up uh, a couple of fights on there that look okay. Let's see here. Um, only really the top two kind of catching my eye, uh, undefeated Marquez Valle, nine and oh, taking on, uh, Farid in Goga. Uh, he's from Congo, uh, 10 and oh, and then, uh, gonna have Orlando Gonzalez, 21, Two and zero oh against Jorge Castaneda, sixteen and two. Uh, that's going to be a hundred thirty pound belt. 
about looking forward to that one per usual. Uh, then going to have on Friday uh, your call. Uh, let me know if uh, what you think of this one there, Mr. Wellings. Uh, going to have this on BT Sport for you fine folks. Uh, headlined by Gavin Gwynn taking on Emiliano Marsili, undefeated Emiliano Marsili, 42-0. and 0. God knows how old he was. 47. Fuck me. Um, yeah, I've seen a couple of these. Remember he beat Derry Matthews yeah. years ago? <laughs> okay, I remember that. It's about 2011, 2010, oh, possibly. Get him his shot, man. When's he going to get his shot for the world title? Yeah, man. He's behind, he's behind a bit like Fraser Grendel looking for his shot. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, most avoided fighter in boxing. Uh, let's see here. Going to have uh, Brad Strand taking on Joshua John. That one looks all right as well. Uh, decent women's fight looking on here. Raven Chapman, 7-0 against Lucy Sedlakova, 15-1-1. Also, Sam Noakes on there against Carlos Perez. What are your thoughts on this one, Mr. Wellings? Uh, yep, decent card. Main event, Marsili, as we said, he's getting on a bit now. This is his big chance, vacant European title. He's won the European title before. Never really pushed on to that world scene. Undefeated, though, but I think he's going to be defeated in this one. Gwyn has really improved. Been signed by Frank. Seen him beat some good names in the past, actually. I think he... Let me see on his record here. Yeah, Craig Woodruff was the last one. He fought James Tennyson at one point, actually. Uh, Sean McComb, that was his big breakout win. He lost to Tennyson, got knocked out, and then he beat Sean McComb. Body shots all day there. He's a good, solid fighter. A shout-out to a friend of the pod, Sonny Davis, who's interviewed him, actually. It's up on his YouTube channel. I think he'll beat Marsili. As for the rest of them, Sam Noakes. Um, I used to know a fellow many years ago who really rated Sam Noakes when he first turned pro, said he was going to go to the top. He was this, he was that. He's 11-0 and 0 now. He's, he's stumbling along WBC International Silver title, so he might still make it. Uh, Sonny Ali, uh, no pressure on him. Moses Atorma's on it as well. And Royston Barney-Smith, I love that name. He's a good fighter. He puts his shots together well. Decent as uh, Friday Night Fair. I think it was supposed to be on Saturday originally, but they moved it because it was clashing. But I don't know whether that was true. But Gwyn's a good fighter. Glad he's got picked up. He, he should beat uh, Marsili. Yeah, he has, he's fought a, a handful of fighters. Uh, you know, you just kind of know uh, offhand. Uh, what a long, bizarre career, career he has had. Good God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he just peppered in against all these, you know, nobodies. Like, went from fighting an 0-2 person to having a draw against a 12-0, fighting somebody who was 5-11. Yeah, you know, that's three fights in a row there. What a bizarre career. Anyhow, um, so we got that going on uh, for y'all on Friday night. Uh, let's see here. Also on Friday, uh, I'm not too impressed with the matchmaking on this one. There's a couple that are okay on here. Uh, the, uh, the main event, not too bad here. I know you'll be looking forward to this one and following this young man coming out, gonna have Jalil major Hackett yes. take on Adrian Gutierrez, 12, one and one. Uh, and then also going to have Daniel Bailey, 11 and one taking on Malik Warren. Uh, and, uh, that's probably about the extent of Giovanni uh, Marquez is decent as well on the undercard. Actually, he's a good fighter. Yeah, I just don't know if that one's necessarily going to be a competitive bout. But those yeah. first two ones might be kind of interesting to see the steps. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's going to be on zone. Yeah, I'm glad you picked that up. Hackett's going to the top. I think he's going to be class, man. He could be another Wellington bus, like, uh, what do you call him, Broner? But I, I think Hackett looks class from what I've seen of him so far. Gutierrez by knockout, everyone. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Oh, dear. So uh, that's going to be Friday night. DAZN, y'all can catch that if you're bored Saturday waking up. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, Andy in Germany, 
Revenge is a dish best served cold. And that's what Sucru Alte is looking for. Getting another crack at, God, got to be 45-year-old Felix Sturm. Uh, You're going to try to find a way to check out this one? Um, I'll have a look, man. I'll let you know. It's a very chance it'll be a pay-per-view. Just to let you know, Sturm's 44 and he's a... His opponent is 47, I think he is, am I saying to you? 39, sorry. 39. So, Spring uh, chickens compared uh, to us, man. Yeah, but uh, just to let you know, it was it was a complete and utter farce. I didn't see the first fight, obviously, but uh, I did. I do follow a few people on Twitter now who do report on it and did state that it was a disgrace. Uh, one of the scorecards, I mean, just to let you know, one of the scorecards was 96-94, but the other card was 99-91. So uh, all all in favour of Sturm as well, actually. So obviously this fight is getting made. There's a wee bit of kind of not so much. Well, when they say there's a lot of fucking dispute about it at the end of the day, but he's somehow decided to have a rematch. So fair play to him. So um, I'm not be watching it to be fair, mate. Um, I'm having a look through the rest of the list for next Saturday. There's not really much on it. To be fair, I see you Conlon on there against. Jordan Gill. We're getting to that. You don't need to jump right, Okay, ahead. well, you can jump ahead down when you go, mate. But there's nothing <laughs> in that. There is zero in that card. Just want to see here if there's any upcoming German fighters that I've maybe seen before. Nada. So, well, Sturm's promoting this card. <laughs> so, uh, we can who's winning this fight, no problem. Don't worry about that. Could be some fuckery afoot. He's from um, in Germany, actually, so there's probably no going to be a link for this one, I don't think. Yeah, you never know. I'll uh, I'll see if I can watch that one. And also, a uh, zone for me or you, I I don't know what's going on. As you said, Andy, Mick Conlon going in against DeZone. Jordan Gill. Uh, Tyrone McKenna going again against Lewis Crocker. Uh, then we have uh, Kaoman Agyarko. Am I saying that right, Steve? Going in against... <laughs> Keevan? How? Keevan, he has a he has a game. When you go to a ball, you first take name, an African, He has a he has a, a an Irish Gaelic first name and an African second name. So set me up for a failure there, buddy. And as you know, Christ. there's a lot of Africans that run about Ireland these days as well, yeah, Matty. Setting that guy up to get his ass kicked all throughout life. That's why he's thirteen and zero. Uh, taking on Troy Williams, Black Sandy Irish, mate. Black Irish. Like yeah, in a different manner altogether. Uh, <laughs> t- take it on Troy Williamson, uh, who uh, recently uh, lost to Josh Kelly. Uh, this one is just about even in the books. Uh, and also Sean uh, McComb taking on Sam Maxwell. Andy, I, I I don't know a lot about a lot of these fighters, but just looking at it uh, uh, on the records alone, it could be a night of some competitive action. Yeah, I think... Um... Uh, Sean McCombe against Maxwell might be decent. You know, McCombe's not really kind of as a big puncher, but you know, Maxwell's also been on the end of a couple of heavy, heavy, uh, not so much defeat, but he got beat off Dalton Smith and that, but he has been in a few heavy fights and that as well. So um be interested to see if maybe McCombe can get the stoppage. The one thing about the, the Conlon-Gill fight, I maybe want to bring Steve down as well here, but and maybe even Rob, but I, th- I think this is about as safe as well to take it at this point as well, because Gill's not really known as a puncher. Conlon really needs that kind of like comeback as well if he's really wanting to push for it again and that. So it's probably the kind of safest fight as well that kind of got me all sign over back to Eddie and, you know, headline a show back in Belfast, you know. So I think he's a probably safe opponent from you guys agree? Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I think my fear for Mick Conlon is I'm a big fan of Mick, obviously. I think it has to be said he's one of Ireland's best ever amateur fighters, like one of our 
world gold medal at the in the amateur championships and you know the pro ranks are different obviously but he had um certainly a path to glory set up for him he had a top rank deal floated about with a couple of trainers he was over in america then he came back here to the uk he was with boxer size booth um who i had me doubts about honestly the dark lord i always had me doubts about him but anyway um capable fighter and we talk about margins like he dropped lee wood in the first fight very late in the round heavily if he'd have dropped him maybe 10 seconds earlier he might have stopped him in the first round and he'd be world champion um but i think you know wood you know it's all you know we can all remember what happened later on in the wood fight and i think when you lose by knockout like that take something out of you like he went out through the fucking ring hit his head on the way down and I know he said the last night out was just a bad night at the office, but again, when he got clipped, it looked like a fucking buzzsaw hit him, like, and he was, he was out of it, like, and, you know, my fear for him is that now, no matter who, how far ahead he is in a fight, if he's up against a puncher, that that could happen to him. So, you know, there's money to be made for him. He wants to obviously continue his career. He wants to get back. He has a desire and a will to become a world champion, which you kind of have to admire, but... I don't know. I think, yeah, you're right. I think this is a safe, safe opponent. He obviously draws a crowd in Belfast. Belfast, Belfast is a big fight city, uh, no pun intended. Rawls produces um, a lot of fighters per capita from the size of the city and everything. They've got a lot of pro fighters there, like a lot of them on the card. And it'll be a big night no matter what. But yeah, I think you're right. Like he needs an opponent. He needs a night out. Who's he with now, by the way? Who's he gone to train with? Pedro Diaz. A Cuban. Oh, that's right. The Cuban. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, you'd, you'd imagine they're going to adopt a more defensive style or a more soundly defensive style with uh, Pedro. So I'd say this is probably like a drill. Um, big night again, big payday. Sign up with Eddie, like you said, a warm-up, Andy, for a potential bigger fight. They're going to maneuver him into a world title. My fear for him is that there's too many punches around, but hopefully he gets over the line with it at some stage. All right. Well, and Steve, why don't you tell me where you're going to be on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I will be at this card on Saturday night, so um, I'm looking forward to it. It's usually a good atmosphere. As Andy said, Gill's not a puncher. I agree with everything Rob says there, really. This is third time lucky. It's got to be last chance saloon. Uh, I think minimum world titles for Mick when every turn pro. It hasn't quite panned out that way. Very fine margins. I was there when he lost to Lopez. Lopez just punched too hard and he, he fought the wrong fight, Conlon. He's got rid of Booth and the crowd, and he's gone with Diaz. This will be the like the interim fights between Wood and Lopez. He had he fought Mariaga, Guerfe, might have been another one. I can't remember. I went to at least two of them, and he got his confidence back. Got back in line for a shot. It'd be the same again. Just try and maneuver him in. Eddie's coming now with Conlon boxing. As for the undercard, Ajarko Williamson's a good fight. A step up for Ajarko. He's quite safety first. He has got skills, but he needs to show it. Williamson's a come forward guy who can be outboxed. So he's going to put it on a Jarko, so that should be decent. McComb, Maxwell would expect McComb to win that one. Um, Gerard Hughes, Farrell, um, little domestic super bantamweight fight should be decent. Fergus Quinn always comes to fight. McKenna Crocker's a good one. Good local scrap. McKenna's a tough guy. Uh, not really a puncher, but he's got a good engine, good work rate, knows how to win at this level. And Crocker was really, he's 17-0 and 0 now. He's signed with Billy Nelson, knuckled down. Um, he's been through a few trainers. He was one of the sort of hot prospects of like Belfast, Northern Ireland kind of boxing, big left hook, big banger. Hasn't panned out for him yet. So this is an important fight for him. If he can beat McKenna on home turf, he'd be well supported in the Odyssey. Then it'd be a big win for him. But if he doesn't manage to land the, the big shots and he ends up losing a few rounds and he starts chasing, 
McKenna could get into a good rhythm and give him a lot of trouble there. So there's, there's good, good domestic fare, really, Matty, that maybe other people wouldn't be that interested in. But Conlon has to win in the main event, man. There's just no excuses whatsoever. It can't be close. He has to, he has to do the business, and I think he will. I just don't like 130 pounds for him. I didn't like 126 pounds for mm. him. Well, I mean, they just keep changing things, I suppose. Trainers, weight, anything they can just to try and convince themselves that next time will be better. But he has a safe opponent, like Andy said, so he has to get past Gil and then move on to bigger things. But some big fish, man, some big punches. All right. Well, looking forward to that one. Uh, that is going to be on Saturday evening uh, from Belfast afternoon, U.S. time. Uh, let's see here. And finally, we're going to Texas. The zone has fucking everything this weekend. That fucking sucks. Um, but anyhow, interesting little card here. Headlined by Ryan Garcia against Oscar Duarte, uh, who can really punch. O'Hara Davies getting his chance at the interim super lightweight title while they wait for the injured Raleigh Romero uh, taking on Ismail Barroso. Uh, let's see if the Amazonian shrunken head can pull it off this time. And then the card just kind of gets a little if from there. Shane Mosley Jr. taking on Joshua Conley, 17, uh, 5 and 1. Uh, Floyd Schofield uh, taking on Ricardo Lopez Torres, 17, 7 and 3. Uh, and then, yeah, just uh, kind of, yeah, like I said, just kind of goes a little bit downhill there. Uh, but uh, Andy, the top two uh, fights on that card. Uh, decent enough fare, and I, I do expect them to be uh, reasonably entertaining fights. What about the Garcia against Duarte fight? What weight is that at? Uh, it says 135 here. Let's see. Scofield is coming to the ring with Gordon to go for Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> coming to the ring with a tag on his leg. I think it's really? lightweight, that one. Really? Because I just want well, obviously he was, he was crying about the weight after the Garcia fight, because I think oh, it was at right, 135 yeah. as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Duarte is a lightweight, I think, isn't he? He's fought most of his career at lightweight, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe a catch weight or something. Uh, Duarte being like, obviously, it is a bigger hitter at 135, but I, I noticed there's no weight actually listed on box rec for it. I just wonder as well if it's up at 140. Never seen That's... Duarte up, up that high as a as a as an advantage Garcia really because he is he is quite long, he is you know quite yeah. tall enough for the weight. He'd be too fast for Duarte. Duarte's slow, I think. So yeah. Duarte has a half inch height advantage. Mm. He crouches down there, doesn't he, Matty? He leans forward into like a hunch. He does, yeah. He, he looks to kind of crank those hooks over the top yeah. when you miss. Garcia would be too fast for him, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. But I, I just don't know. You just don't know get Garcia in terms of confidence and that as well. Is he going to be safety first? Is he worrying about the power of Duarte? Don't know. You know, it's just maybe it might just take one punch in that as well. He kind of like really change his mindset and might just decide to run for the rest of the fight and just try and box and move. But. It's a difficult one actually because obviously he is coming off a loss. It was a it was a pretty heavy loss in that as well. So um, yeah, I expect him to win still. How he how he goes about it though is, is another matter to be fair. But I, I, I still suspect in terms of the weight, I think it will be up a higher weight. I don't think it will be at, it will be at one thirty five. Unless somebody else can come up with some info about that one. I'm just trying to just search for it just now actually as well. They're from a, they're from a fighting family. The Duartes. There's uh, there's seven seven of them all together. Um, and I think Dwight, Dillian White is going to sign him to his promotional company. It's going to be Dillian White and the Seven Duartes. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a setup there, but I like it. I wonder where he's going with that one. 
It says here on what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> it says here on box rec lightweight for me, Andy. So yeah, Duarte yeah. is a bit like a Poundland Williams a Pada, isn't he? He'll, he'll motor forward, but he can't cut the ring off very well. That's at one forty, boys. It's at one forty, my. All right. It's the fucking worst insult you could probably get. Like, imagine giving that insult to a fighter you're a Poundland William Sabeda. You'd be like, what? I don't know that the weight's going to impact this too much, uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't know, Steve. I think this is a pretty entertaining main event, and Barroso proved he can still fucking throw, so I don't think Davies is out of the woods here. Yeah, no, I think that might be strangely competitive, actually, Davis against Barroso, because Barroso can punch, even though he's That'll be a right entertainer fight, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. whatever, right? Well, Howard Davis was trash in the early days, like, and he had a big punch or whatever, but he had fuck all ins, but he has improved slightly over the last couple of years, like, mm-hmm. and he can dig, like, it'd be, yeah. it'd be a bit of a shootout, I'd say, because well, Barroso can put pressure on him. It'd be a good entertainer scrap that, like. Yeah, he's awkward, Davis, and he has those really long arms, a good jab and all. And he has two noses as well, so it's, it's <laughs> other fighters don't. Exactly. So, yeah, I think Davis will win, but it'd be fun. Matty and Duarte, he needs you to stand in front of him to land the body shots and the uppercuts. Like, he will let the shots go if he's standing there. Ryan uh, Garcia is not going to be standing there, is he? So, I think I think it'd be 12 rounds. I think it'd be boring, actually, Garcia. I think, yeah, box him. Sorry, Davis, uh, Davis wins and sets up him versus Raleigh, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what that's the fucking fight we want to see. Shit talk that is in this one. Fucking hell! Battle of the brain cells. Yeah, that's the fight that nobody knew that they wanted to see. Um, anyhow, uh, I yeah, I do think this uh, the top two fights on this card will be entertaining. The rest of it, I reckon, I could kind of take it or leave it. You never know; there might be something in there. Something usually sneaks up on us, uh, but it looks like we'll have a pretty full Friday through Saturday there. Uh, depending on what your VPN or your spend uh, willingness to spend money will support. So, uh, yeah, uh, looks like uh, it's not always great fare, but there's plenty of fare, and we can't complain about that. So uh, with that, I guess, Steve, it's time for the Belly of the Week. Yeah, that'll do a lovely episode 550, Belly of the Week. Uh, Matty's here, Andy's here, Rob's here. Alongside me, Steve, I can't quite remember what this video that's going to play us in is actually talking about, but someone sent it to me in the Nutters chat. And I have renamed it as Eddie Lies. So <laughs> I guess we'll find out here what Eddie exactly wasn't quite telling Eddie? me. Eddie? <laughs> it's <I> know, yeah. <laughs> Must be Eddie the Eagle Edwards or something. Is that going to be Eddie Hearn? <laughs> Who the fuck is this? Let, let's find out together, shall we? I just want to dip into my bag of questions, ask you a couple of things uh, I want to ask you. Hypothetically, look, Katie Taylor, if she was to retire the weekend, win, lose or draw, where would you rank the achievements that you uh, that Matchroom and Katie have garnered amongst your other work? Probably uh, my greatest and my proudest as well at the same time. In Madison Square Garden against Serrano, like people still stop me in New York and say, "Oh man, I was there for Taylor Serrano." That was a, you know, the, the owners of the building say that was the greatest fight ever in the arena. You talk about a fight, you know, an arena that's housed Ali Frazier and, and all the greats. Um, so yeah, I, I think the it's always so rewarding to deliver things that people say you couldn't. And when she debuted at Wembley Arena, quite honestly, people laughed and took the piss out of us and said, oh, you got a woman's fight on? What a joke. Look at it now. And not all female fighters are crackers, but look at where it's come to and look at what she's done. Her third successive seven-figure sellout 
and she's a huge star. She's you now you could count the people that can create the kind of interest she can in a fight on one hand in world boxing. So, what a bag of shit. <laughs> Bigger than Ali Fraser won. Taylor <laughs> versus Serrano. Bigger than Ali Fraser won. <laughs> Fuck off, family. <laughs> Jesus Christ. At least he's fucking talking that shit for Taylor. You know, seven figure Taylor back in the house. Eddie Watts, our gas. Remember fucking, I remember Edward Rosario fought Camacho there by the way. Camacho seen the fucking the, the dark side of the moon. He's like, oh, I ain't fighting last again, baby. He, he totally changed his style after that fucking fight, man. He was seen the dark side of the moon. Where's uh, he got that seven figure from? Evening, Ed. Where have you got that from? <laughs> I'm guessing that had to be either her payday or the ticket sales. I, I was thinking that through and I'm like, that's what he has. That, to that was a rhetorical question. Asshole, get on to the fucking next one. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Eddie Hearn is so well known that Joe Public stops him in New York fucking city. Uh, here, posh boy. That fucking fight between Taylor and Serrano was some fucking fight, mate. Thanks a lot for putting that on, Eddie, boy. You're a savior of fucking boxing. Woman's boxing what? in New York City, baby. Well, a body language expert would say he was blinking a lot and sh and shaking his head no a lot of the time he was talking there. I don't know if you want to go back there, Steve, and have a look. Get Peter Myers on the case. Exactly. I'm surprised Ames didn't let him. Crawler. Ames should have pulled him up in that bullshit, by the way. I'm going to speak to him about that. Ames, by the way, shout out to Ames. I was up in Dublin on Wednesday and I was going to go meet him, but I had to bail and I was like, I'll come back Thursday. <laughs> I better not go to Dublin last Thursday. Good job. I'll see Ames at some stage. But thankfully, I wasn't up there. Either, either that, either that, or Ames is 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 very very smart. He, yeah. fed, he threw it in there. He fed it in there. He edited it, then hang himself and say, "Are oh, you building the beat material this week?" Exactly. Yeah. I'm fucking so, clipping this for the boys in another's group. Yep. Get a life, Ames. Double-edged sword. <laughs> Cheers, Ames. Oh, I'm gonna be the king. <laughs> fucking hell get a life mate <laughs> oh dear Alicia's not getting a life this is I think Damo created this one Alicia Baumgartner <laughs> was talking to her friends and consulting with experts <laughs> she mate, better mate. shut the fuck up by the way listen the biggest fuck I put Baumgartner on the map but I'm part of the reason I'm fucking claiming uh, fucking part of her success so definitely spotted her when she was nobody and made her uh, bigged her up to where she is now and I'm you know I'm a massive fan of her work her boxing career her Instagram but this shit has to stop did you see what she did this was Conor Ben levels of the matchroom playbook on what to do when you got get caught open first of all I love that she didn't go I can't believe this shit is in my body uh, blah 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 she did the usual I'm an innocent fighter and all but then she just started parading around at every event bringing her belts brazenly and shamelessly fucking ignoring the fact that she'd been Popped by a fucking sanctioned body for uh, for steroids. But no, not Baumgartner. She's going around on Insta every day. She made a clip a couple of weeks ago that said, and she did the voiceover for it. It's weird as she, I don't know what the marketing strategy is here, but she's done this Instagram clip, a reel, if you like, and she's done a voiceover. And it's like, just basically, it's lovely. Like, it's just her showing herself off or whatever. And then she's like, I know it's hard to believe that I'm the sexiest fighter of all time. But you all hate Yeah, gonna... yeah, baby, yeah, baby. I was like, yeah, well, so what? Like, so what the fuck does that mean? Like, but anyway, then she did, she had like a, a kind of Pierce Morgan style, Oprah Winfrey style interview yes. with some bird who was just her maid, I think, uh, sitting out in the conservatory. With a blow up and, swan in the background. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, and your one was like, so Alicia, tell us why you are innocent. And she's just that stuttering. It was like, well, because I, everybody knows me that I'm a, a, a clean fighter and, you know, I would never. And I was like, 
Yeah, well, that's not really fucking clear much up. Like the fact that she fucking had a stage an interview in her own conservatory, declaring her own in- innocence, and she, then she said it was going to be followed by big news. Well, the big news is she did her own drug test, and the people that she paid to do her own drug test said that she probably didn't do it. So uh, just let her back in the ring, everybody. What's the fucking big deal? <laughs> Fuck off, man, will you? Like that's so fucking. That's like a missus asking you to take a lie detector test and say, no, listen, I asked one of the boys to fucking, I told him to lie and he said fucking that I didn't do it. So I didn't do it. Like, this is shut the fuck up. You know that way? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of haters out there. Like Ryan O'Hara, for example, he tweeted below Alicia's message. I wrote my mortgage company a letter today and said my balance is at zero. I consider this loan resolved. <laughs> He's been gone for for a while, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. That was his article, though. It really kind of prompted a response, eh? Yeah. I'll not, not read them, but I did put them up there. But anyway, she is innocent, Andy, and the campaign is continuing, including linking the bio to the Alicia Baumgartner now available vindication collection. Yeah. <laughs> She's created some vindication T-shirts. Got to get on the graph, like, you I'm sorry, like, you can't do this. Like, what the fuck? Alicia, baby, you're making it hard for me and you. Like, you have to fucking... I can't be well a liar. Like, what's going on here? Like, you can't fucking do this. Vindication. Vindicated for what? You got your own drug test. That's for... <laughs> Ain't that like going on trial for murder, though? Ain't it like fucking that saying, listen, I, I know you have a jury, but I need my own jury because <laughs> you are all saying I'm guilty, but this jury over here that I paid said I'm innocent, so <laughs> fucking, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, enough of those uh, cheats. Let's get on to the, the real clean fighters. Uh, Connor Ben has been in action this week. He said, all these welterweights are running scared from Jerron Ennis. Well, I'll run right to him. They are, Matty. Let's go, champ. Fucking A, let's do it. That's <laughs> all I have to say. out and watching, it says there. Yeah. What's that? Fight Club says, take away Bud and Spence, and this is the biggest fight in the division for me. You're getting the popcorn <laughs> out and watching. <laughs> say, man. Hey, whatever it takes, uh, whatever they have to do to sell it to the public, uh, for me to see Ennis in the ring with uh, with Ben, yeah, go ahead and say it. I think it would be fucking hilarious. Go for He's it. He's never fighting Boots, Ennis. Never. Never, never, never. Never fighting Boots, Ennis. No chance. Well, I not mind seeing it myself, to be honest. But yes, I don't think it's going to happen. Moving on. Uh, Adi Oladipo said, Boxing wish list for 2024. You can only pick three fights. I'll start. Bivol versus Baturbiev. Tank versus Shakura. AJ versus Wilder. Okay, fair enough. Adam Booth wasn't happy, though. Boxing Booth. He jumped in and said, Dazone or not Dazone? Out of respect, let's not jump the hypothetical gun here. Especially when one of our leading fighters, Callum Smith, is involved. The dream fight that everybody was fucking waiting for has actually happened in January 13th and we didn't know about it. But Tarby R. Smith, there you go. You're not allowed to project fights, Rob, okay? Have a bit of respect for Callum Smith in January, please. Yeah, best of luck to him. We wish him well. Yeah, he might get sparked out. What else have we got here? Prince Patel, time to go where no Indian before me has ever gone before. One in a billion. IBO World Bantamweight title. Bukom Boxing Arena, Accra, Ghana. Sponsorships available. Be a part of this historical and magical event that will go down in boxing and Indian history forever. One in a billion. They are, Matty. IBO Bantamweight Championship. Surely Liborio Solis is going to have enough left, isn't I? I don't know about that. I'm just, I, I'm pretty sure there has to have been an Indian who's gone to Ghana before, don't you think? Not to win the IBO Bantamweight title, Matty. Yeah, that might be a pretty narrow group of, of, of people <laughs> right there. I mean, you, you talk about aiming high. 
Um, you know, that that's like as high as the Himalayas. Um, and I'm sure he'll just uh, bring a lot of joy and pride to his people with this huge victory in uh, Ghana. See, he said sponsorships available. It looks like there's not that many on board based on the flyer. Sent <laughs> <laughs> so so on his phone, hasn't he? <laughs> so cynical. Uh, Misfits Boxing is continuing here, Rob. Football 365, Keane versus Makatea headlines fantasy boxing card. Has Venga Mourinho, Terry, Never happening. <laughs> Never happening. Roy Keane's not getting in any fucking boxing ring. I don't know fuck with anybody. <laughs> no, no sense. No sense. Do me a favour. Come on. <laughs> That's not his job. No, exactly. He's never boxed before. Uh, one person who has boxed before, Andy, but he's disappeared lately. He's on your oh, thing. There he is. There's Tone. There getting he ready is. there. And he's getting his... I don't know what, I don't know what he's... Oh, mate. That's testicles, mate, isn't it? It's going to be the bull's <laughs> testicles that he's eating there, mate. Why has he fucking gone to the jungle just dressed as Chopper Reed, by the way? <laughs> yeah, that's got the yours. Yeah, yours, are, yours are huge type fucking tash he's got there, eh? <laughs> but uh, I think he's been around Dale, Dale Winton's suicide in the picture I've got in my uh, profile there. <laughs> R.I.P. Dale. <laughs> or Michael oh, yeah. Barry more suits me like it <laughs> fuck's sake he will be getting out alive he declared yeah. himself innocent as well he's not a bomb guy <laughs> <or any>. <laughs> <laughs> all right in the back <laughs> check the depths there boys check the depths there <laughs> Sinking to new depths, I think, Andy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to fucking... Oh, I'm going to see it. Oh, we're oh, going to hell. Oh, we're going to sunk there, man. We are fucked, man. We are just despicable human beings. Oh, dear. Yeah, Porky got nominated. Never mind going to Australia. He's having some geographical issues earlier, apparently. This was sent to me. Kids talk about the... Didn't, you know, like, no, like, it's a real place. It's in northern London. You've got, like, Father Christmas land there. I watched a film with kids a month ago. It was some at Madagascar or something. Is that a real place? Yeah, Madagascar's a real island. Oh, is that a real place? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's just a bit of Porky action. I don't know what Porky's up to these days. Actually, I haven't heard. I haven't heard from much from him lately. Hope he's well. Whatever he's doing. Well. Wish him well. Wish him well. Wish right, what else we this. got here? <laughs> we did. I did get sent a video of the guard talking about foreign languages, but the, the sound too quiet. And also, whoever sent me the uh, Michelle Phelps um, uh, clip, there's music in the background, and we'll get copyrighted for that. That's going to be Dom, isn't it? <laughs> I, know, I can't remember who sent it to me. To be honest, it's definitely Dom. That one, I got. Uh, I got that one as well. Like. <laughs> She's. Uh, she uh-huh. was saying that the best uh, it's it's belly of the week worthy in fairness she, uh, she said hey I'll do it I'll, listen we recreate it right we don't need the music in the background she said hey fight fans um, y'all don't know that one of the best deodorants is a lemon you just cut the lemon up and you put it on your underarms that's what the, she, that's what she says she <laughs> that was the one it. yeah and it works for two days she said but listen the underarms the I, fucking oaksters Hands up if you use right guard, you know what I mean? That's fucking, that's fucking <laughs> on a lemon. Right guard, life I'm gives you lemons. Uh, life gives you lemons, make the order and squeeze them under your arms. No thanks, like, fuck off her. Try putting them in Fat Dan's fleece. <laughs> basic, white, them. basic white girl, now in citrus. Whitey's kind of pushing it or stretching that bit there, Matty. She's one of like, a wee bit kind of keep drinking these days. 
<laughs> Smelling like a can of lilt all day. What the fuck is what's going on in this house? Can of lump. <laughs> oh, that poverty stuff, man. There's been movement anyway, boys, at IFL. Umar's disappeared off. Oh, uh, he said, then, someone sent me this. Uh, Coogan said at the end of last year, Ooh. my to get rid of all the dead wood that contributed to my below average 2022. Happy New Year. I'll just add to that. I would just uh, expand on this one a wee bit. So uh, I actually was looking at some of the IFL videos during the week that Astrid Wet appeared. Ooh. And they, they titled about something. <laughs> I want to, f- I want to like f this person and all that type of stuff. Oh like, yeah, 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 Sexual content, that type of stuff, and that. And then all of a sudden, this went to go and get it. They're going to use a, a snapshot to put it on the on the belly of the weeks, and they have changed the title. Oh. So Coogs, I thought it was at one point the way it was titled. I thought it was going to open up. Only fans that couldn't help pay for that water bill at one point. Man, I was really fucking. I was like, this is going to be fucking too much here, you know. But I uh, Johnny baseball esque titles in the fucking ah, yeah, in the descriptions. Like, just need the seven year anal now. That's all we need. Oh dear, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, Rob, this isn't what we need. Roy Fuck Jones, off. very interested in potential exhibition clash with Listen, Tommy Fury. Right, come on, come on, man, come on. You're the greatest fighter of all time. You're the best to ever do it. There's no fucking denying it. Nobody could have beat you 154 to 75. But do not end your life getting knocked out by Tommy Fury. Even, do you know what? I don't think you get knocked out by Tommy Fury. I think he probably finishes the fight. Tyson couldn't knock him out, could he? Like, fucking, uh, no, I think he probably edged Tommy Fury in a fucking 6 4. Celebrity. Oh, that's grim thought, man. <laughs> Imagine John Fury headbutting his fucking fucking jaw against the perplex glass with Roy Jones standing on the other side. <laughs> but this version of Roy Jones, like it's not it's not a fucking sight we want to see, is it? Like let Roy fucking Roy, will you stop, man? Fucking <laughs> somebody get Bryn John Butler on the phone to get him back out to Pensacola and see if we can talk this guy out of this. Like fuck's sake. Hi oh, boy. Uh, Jamal Charlo. No. Well, let's hope so. Imagine if he didn't. Jamal Charlo reportedly weighed in even heavier, 166 pounds in his second attempt for his 163 pound catchweight fight versus Jose Benavidez. He was originally over and he came in even more over. Not as bad as Owen O'Neill a few weeks ago, who came in 10 pounds. But Jamal doesn't give a shit, man. He does what he wants. Jamal is like your missus when she's got a slimmer's world and she's fucking gone up the weight in the second week. She's flying at the first week. She's like, it's fucking, I think it's the fucking instructor. She has something in for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's like the fucking croissants you're fucking eating in the fucking morning. Like, is it the, it's the trainer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just big boned under. Aye, is that as well, mate? I maybe just need a big fucking shite in the morning to clear it a wee bit, you know. I gotta be careful with the fucking Charlos, like, because the guy, honestly, like, he fucking, he seems very, very fucking, like, he said in the, in the, in the build up to all this, this fight that, like, he suffered some crazy, crazy thoughts and he was given, like, insights into some crazy. So I don't want to fucking throw fellas on, because, like, if something fucking bad happens, they're going to look like assholes, you know, that way. Like, so hopefully, mm-hmm. we wish him well. Hopefully, he gets better. Like, but that's. That's crazy, man. Imagine you get your second attempt and come in three and a half pounds heavier. Oh, he was like, you know what? I'm going to drink this water when I get off the scales. Yeah, he's he's just like, put that water me. down, you fucking idiot. He's like, oh, fuck this shit. I'll do what I want. Uncle Al will see me fine. Oh, Uncle Al will look after him. Back to Slimming World for Jamal. Well, Another 100 grand for Benavides as well. Probably like <laughs> fucking happy days. Yeah, he's happy enough. Um, I think they're phoning it in, Matty, over at the PBC. Uh, they didn't even bother m- moving out the 
<laughs> the pen picks of the Charlo Canelo. Just stick them in with the new names. Why not, man? Uh, they, they, you know, everyone's going to close up. They don't Shoot even me. know the difference between a Dominican <laughs> and... Uh, Charlo's <laughs> looking like Eric Schlubin there, by the way. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't even have uh, the ability to distinguish between a Dominican Garcia and a Mexican American Garcia. They're really struggling over here in mixing up the uh, Hispanic peoples of the world. Cuba, Cuba's in you. Uzbekistan, I take it. All right? Uzbeks look the same. <laughs> when, you're, when you're confusing David Benavides for a redhead, things are fucking get bad. Like I don't <laughs> this fellow's getting fired, and he. This guy's been smoking weed in the fucking break room. <laughs> He doesn't give a shit anymore. They're all getting the sack, aren't they? So he's going out with a bang. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, What else have we got here? Uh, Yeah, this is a bad one, but uh, we'll put it in anyway. Adam Abramovitz uh, was reacting to boxing scenes. Uh, Jake Donovan's article on Samuel Tia, 36-year-old, tragically shot and killed during Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Abramovitz said, a very nice obit on Tia by Jake uh, Donovan. Jake said, thanks, Adam. Really don't like writing these. The least I could do was honour his legacy. Rick Glazer jumped in. Jake, good work. You left out. He was well known for poisoning himself way out of fights. What a oh, prick, please, Samuel, dear. What a fucking prick. <laughs> the guy dies by a brutal gunshot on fucking Thanksgiving, and Rick Glazer's like, well, he ducked out of a few fights. I don't fucking don't see why the fucking everybody's queuing up to fucking pass their condolences onto this fella for Jesus Christ. Talk about not reading the fucking room. What a prick, man. Yeah, if he fought one more fucking time, he dead. would have been able to afford a bulletproof vest. <laughs> <laughs> Good That's call, Rick's next tweet. The box. That's his next tweet. Fuck me, man. That's bad. But people called him out on it. They were like, Rick, man, what the fuck are you saying that for? And he was like, hey, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> <He's a friend>. <laughs> <laughs> Insensitive Rick. Uh, John Moore Hall, this is more to our liking. Five euro 99 is thrown in. Uh, maybe for Rick Laser, who knows? Thank you very much, John. Regular listener. Uh, Andy, you threw this final one into me. Uh, going for a little shit. snooze. <laughs> After getting iced, <laughs> this guy's unconscious at this point. I don't know how much we should be laughing at this. So yeah, I forget the guy's name at this point. But anyway, he took totally. a vicious left. He took a vicious left hook, and he has light suit immediately. But the, the the main thing to 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 note here is his ass or his hands did not touch the floor. So it shouldn't be stopped. It was, a, it was a legal stoppage. It was too soon. He deserved... No, it didn't, mate. He, that is how he ended up after getting taken that left hook. He went to sleep instantly in that position, held up by the ropes. Fucking kid, you know. Is that a male team doing a count off camera? <laughs> he, he looks like me trying to get the key in the door with a fucking tackle on my hand after the last from the Astro. Shushy in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and when my alarm goes off a little one called me for the school on the fucking 8 o'clock oh Jesus Christ what's fucked up is somebody had to wake him up from that now yeah. <laughs> oh my god what well, the fuck happened oh, to- oh fuck hell I saw a fighter I don't know if it was a US I saw a fighter going around on Instagram I think it was a boxing match and it might have been a USC contest or whatever and he got knocked through the ropes, right? And when he came to, he thought he was making his ring entrance. Yes, and he starts giving it the biggest. <laughs> he, he, he starts like, that walking, he put his hands yeah. up and walking around the ring. <laughs> I can remember, was, I think it might have been a UFC fight, actually. The guy got choked out. And then when, they fucking, when, when the fight got stopped, he fucking kind of semi-came to and he started choking out the referee, <laughs> thinking he was stopping the fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That's bad in it, that man. Oh, I don't know. Boring. Thankfully, I've never been knocked out, but I've seen lads get knocked out, and it. it's fucking scary. Like, thank fuck, I never got knocked out. But especially if you see someone get see someone get knocked out in the ring. Sometimes it can be fucking like give you your heart in your mouth, and that and you're wondering they're going to pull through. See someone get knocked out on Wexford Main Street, and their head bounce off the cobbles is a fucking different one altogether. Oof! Uh, and it goes ding. That's like a ten pence piece hitting the fucking dunk. Boom. Oh dear. A uh, final one I have here is uh, Eddie. Kicking off in the press conference, actually, someone was asking him questions and Eddie wasn't quite happy with what was going on. I mean, there has been a lot of talk and criticism of your links with uh, Conor McGregor. No, you had to do it, didn't you? No, 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 no. I have to tell you this. I'm so bored of talking about it. All you ever do is look for a negative, right? Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor. I don't represent him. I don't talk about his comments. He has a brand that has backed the sport of boxing and it has nothing to do with Katie Taylor the show the company his, his opinions are his opinions tonight we celebrate one of your greatest ever athletes no more questions about Conor McGregor but then you can ask me away from the press conference no, but you can ask me you can ask me after the press conference I'll answer it not in front of Katie Taylor this is her night and congratulations to the, one of the greatest athletes I've ever had the pleasure of working with Eddie going in. No, but Eddie's want to get away. One comes off in the normal. That's what he's fucking want to do. Do you know what? Eddie's listening to this by Easter weekend. Andy's telling you Easter weekend. Can you imagine that? All the fucking factions will be out for that one, Eddie. Get that fucking fight made Easter weekend. Cameron against fucking Taylor, Croke Park, let's fucking have it, we'll have the Raw in charge, we'll have a fucking 21 gun salute, we'll be fucking tremendous. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. It's you know what? Hot, I, 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 that the was Karen Cunningham. Over that's, that's a, yeah. That was Karen Cunningham who asked that question, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, it, he was like a dog with a bone over the MTK thing, and maybe rightly so, or whatever, but I think Take that was a bit off, of a... Man, yeah, I think that was a bit of a reach. Like, that was a bit of a reach. Like, McGregor's had some controversial tweets in light of a very fucking difficult time for Ireland, like, uh, in the last few days. And basically, like, McGregor's a fucking hip. Nobody's taking McGregor seriously, man. Like, you know what I mean? He's fucking on the, doing voice notes to the true Geordie, telling him he's an estrogen head and all. Like, he's out of his fucking mind. Nobody's taking his shit seriously. Like, but he's basically, in his tweets, been saying that if the government don't do something about immigration, that he's going to do something. This is Tony Bellew-esque, like... Nobody's really giving a fuck about what the fuck he's saying, but what Karen Cunningham is trying to do is because McGregor's forged out has sponsored Boxing Social and sponsored the event that he's wanting to hold Eddie Hearn accountable for McGregor's tweets on the night that Katie Taylor at 37 years of age fucking regains her title at a high weight. Fuck out of here, man. Go away. Like, get your fucking self some airtime somewhere else. It's like that Joe Malloy shit with fucking Roy Jones and the chickens. I don't really give a shit about Conor McGregor's views. Go ask Conor McGregor about it. Like, why are you bringing it up when Katie Taylor's just had a win like that? So, it's not often I defend Eddie, even Ed, but I think he was in the right there. Like, Yeah, I agree with that. Are you man Cunningham's like, uh, do you remember the old Pink Panther movies? Like, when Kato used to jump out the wardrobe and all, and like, his fuck's sake, here is Cunningham yeah. <laughs> Here he comes again. And he even said it to me. You had to fucking do it, didn't you? You're fucking waiting on that one, you asshole. You just know, see, see, like, remember, remember, like, you, Steve, you came better than the rest of us. I haven't worked in the industry and that, but there's no, like, a time back in the day when, like, certain promoters just hated the thought of certain journalists coming in because they can't, they were going to get asked the hard questions. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just goes to show you, know, how this is how exactly ruthless. one of these moments. 
yeah. how ruthless journalists are because I'm 99 now strike me down if I'm wrong but I'm 99.9% sure that fucking um, in the run up to fucking the, the first camera fight that Karen Cunningham released a three part podcast on Katie Taylor's life and he'd, ex- he'd spent quite a lot of time with her so you can see her thanking fucking Eddie Hearn for sticking up for her there because I'm sure she can't believe that somebody that she's let get close to her, she's not really somebody who courts the media. He went out and stayed with her in America and that, that she'd bring that he'd bring that up at a moment like that. Like mm-hmm. do you get me? So I think yeah, I'm yeah. fucking getting a bit serious here for Belly of the Week, but fuck him. Mm-hmm. Like Eddie was right to curse him out there, like. Yeah, I, I think so. Right, um, let's. Uh, uh, that's all the ones I've got then. Andy, any nominations from you, please? No, I've already got mine, mate. Lovely jubbly. Matty, anything from you? God, I don't even know if I want to mention it because you didn't. It just leans me to say it's one of those things we shouldn't, but fuck it. Um, I, I, I think the uh, the whole uh, beefy bed hopping with mafia women is a very interesting fucking story. <laughs> so just going to throw that out there. I know all the what? details. I didn't hear nothing about this. Don't up so quickly. What the fuck is going on here? Oh, God. I, I like even hesitate to the details. So apparently. <laughs> beefy who? Liam Smith. Yeah. So apparently he was he was banging some like uh, some mob guy's uh, girlfriend. And he uh, got into some shit, and he had to run into the to the Kinahans for protection. And then he started some banging, banging some other mob guy's girlfriend. And I think like didn't like his house get attacked or some shit like that. Steve, it was like pretty fucking. Listen, dead. I'm gonna say no, no, no. We wish him well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, is this like my old grandpa used to say to me by every son? That's a lure of the push. <laughs> Anyway, back to Colin yeah, McGregor. Many a man, doesn't matter how good, bad, or indifferent a man he is, he gets many a trouble. And if you're going to do that, mate, you're, you're running into trouble. To be, to be honest, I, I saw the boys in the chat talking something about it, but I didn't, I didn't look into it, so I have no idea. But we'll... there, there must be a reason they call him BP. All these picks up on him. Yeah. Well, it's out on Twitter anyway. So I'll say is this, right? I'll say, I'll, 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 I'll say this. There was, there was a story, I won't mention any names, but there was a story of a certain football player <laughs> in Scotland having his end away with certain gangsters' uh, misses or miss, uh, bits on the side. And uh, he was warned, uh, medals in the lock or your fucking career's over. Uh, he came out, he picked anyway. His medals were in the lock. Mm-hmm. There you go. Don't fuck about. Don't fuck about. Yep. <laughs> get that out, Matty, quickly. You've all depressed or anything like that, you Matty. You're not fucking harboring any thoughts or anything like You don't let me have any fun, Andy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, Rob, any belly of the weeks from you, please? <laughs> no, man. I'm not going to nominate it. I'm not going to nominate that one. Um, no, Kieran Cunningham could go fuck off for that for that comment. Like that was uh, get a life for yourself for that one, Kieran Cunningham. Yeah, we're nominating. Right, let's go through them. So we had Kieran uh, on the videos. What else did we have on the videos? We had the guard as well. Like I said, I couldn't play that because it was too quiet. MJP with a uh, uh, lemons. Porky with his geography. Eddie slamming the reporter as well, and Eddie telling Porky's about Madison Square Garden. We had Alicia with vindication. The vindication T-shirt collection. Uh, we had these guys calling. No, for... fuck, she's getting it. Fuck that. It's Bomb Gardner. <laughs> fuck that, man. Bomb Gardner. Uh, we had Adam Booth going in. Uh, we had Prince Patel. We had the football fight. We had Bellew in the jungle. He seems to be doing well. Coogan clearing out the dead wood. 
Uh, Roy Jones looking for a fight with Tommy Fury. Charlo coming in heavy. Uh, the graphics intern who's just given up the ghost completely over at the PBC. <laughs> what are they now? Fire me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fuck you. And uh, <laughs> your man getting iced. On the road. <laughs> Honestly, oh. Steve, you need to download that card, mate. Honestly, it's got two fantastic knockouts, <laughs> two containers of KOs of the year. I'd ask you actually if he's, if he's watched it, but that that one is epic, mate. And, right. the, and the heavyweight one as well. The, you, see, see when you see fighters running running to the ring. Uh-huh. I tend to think, uh, I've got Enzo fucking David Hay vibes here, or thinking that's exactly what happened, mate. He got fucking. I'm gonna have to download that, man. You've uh, you've encouraged me, right? Okay, so who you going for, Andy? It's it's a tough one, man. Alicia's good. You man getting knocked yeah. out. It's good. But I'm going for Rick Glazer. I think <laughs> I was gonna go between Rick Glazer and IFL, mate. Because I think you know IFL. You know, I checked the comments on that video. This is how I know. I wish I took a fucking screenshot of it, right? But this is how I know. This. Some of the comments on it were, were actually quite telling. This place has went to the absolute dogs. Because, honestly, he's just, he's just got, he's got like, you know, all the swear words kind of titled it. It's just, like, it's just clickbait shit. And he's went back and changed it. But your man, your man Glazer, man. Talk about uncouth. Not a fuck given, eh? Just half fucking... like man. <laughs> you know, he's got an important role in the sport and it's telling him the fucking truth. But finally found out what his deal is, right? It's I'll tell you what. That Samuel Taylor fucking price himself out of fights. What a bitch. On the day Not... he got fucking killed. Not the wisest thing to be passing fucking wisecracks about a fellow who just got shot in Philly, by the way. I don't think it's fucking... That could come back to haunt him. Did Donovan respond to that comment? I don't know, to be honest. I need to go and check that, actually. Did no. even, I'll see if he even deleted it, actually. No. I'm going for Rick. Are you going Blast. for Last. <laughs> Aye. Go Rick as Rick well? Reason. Aye. Two for Rick, Matty. What about you? Beefy. Oh. Beefy. <laughs> Stop bringing that up, will you? <laughs> Rob, you, you, you can't for? mathematically <laughs> win now, so fuck it. <laughs> Rob, who you going for? Yeah, Alicia, baby, come on, like, come off with your calf. Like, you gotta go through the process. Go get, go present, pro- provide the fucking hair follicle to the people that popped you. That's the fucking, that's the fucking logical move, there, isn't it, Doctor Nick, <laughs> Doctor Hibbert? Unbelievable. <laughs> you, you are a man. But it's okay, baby. We forgive you. I forgive you. Don't worry, but nah, you have a second you, chance. Don't okay. nah, nah, Don't be too hard on yourself. You blew your chance, and you know it. But you, you're a man of great honor for, for taking your stand, Rob. No, I believe in second chances. You know what I mean? We could all change, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bone Gardner can come again. Jade can't. But Rick Glazer. Well, not with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got to respond. Who cares about her? Glazer, what, Andy? I see Glazer responding to one of the Boxing Asylum tweets on Twitter. He says, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know who put it out. But he responded, no, I haven't. I've made fights that were fair to both competitors. So he's a promoter as well, plus a matchmaker. Well, he's a matchmaker, a promoter, teller. biggest truth man teller. in boxing, and Andy. Snide yeah. bastard as well, by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, keeping the Bring, sport going. Bringing the bands. Bringing the bands. Most importantly, he's Bell You the Week winner for 550. Congratulations, Rick Glazer. And that's all of them. Uh, we had a super chat, didn't we, Matty? John Mulhall. Five euro ninety nine. Shout out to John keeping the lights on. That's all. Is that the only one? Fuck yeah. Me. Fair play, John Mulhall. Yeah, that, good lad, John. Tight bastards. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're a great bunch of lads, and the Patreon is growing all the time. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody in there. Uh, got the boxing nutters prediction league. Someone send the Patreon down. link to fucking His Excellency. 
Will you send that on to him? Get him in. He'd love the banter, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. Who wouldn't? Who the fuck is here now? Jesus. Spiding in there. Great timing, Donnie. Right on time here, Donnie Baseball. Donnie, he's not even. And the stupid kind of still on mute as well at fucking 10 to 11. Come on, Donnie. Donnie. Uh, even Don, come on, yeah. we can hear you. Why are you? What? 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 What struck your fancy to come on? Back oh wait, babe. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Wait. What's up? <laughs> yeah. You're the one that came <laughs> back on when I was getting ready to go to the ending credits. <laughs> Sorry for ringing you, Donny. Oh wait. Well, no. I mean, uh, if you're ready to 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 you know play us out here, then I'll, I'll just leave. No, hang out and talk to us for a couple afterwards. I'll close this out, but you can still talk to the group. For Steve, Andy, Rob, and Donnie, this has been Matt Gianardo. We hope to see you back here next week for another episode of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next time. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven year ain't. Seven year ain't. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.